Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Bedazzled with special guest William Angelico. Stuart, I'm going to offer you seven wishes. Seven? Seven wishes. What's your first wish? Um, I wish to be very rich and powerful. Oh, Stuart. It's not going to go so well for you. Hey, I'm a galumpy you drug lord. What is <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I was trying to figure out how we were going to get out of that bit, and I figured racism was the only, was the only way out. Um, you walked me into that one, Jeff. How... What? How else was I supposed to like operate in that realm? Fair. What what, what what was your what did you think that bit was going to go to? I don't know. I was really giving you a layup. What did you think? I thought I was... you were going to make another wish. I didn't think you'd stick to the the canonical text. If we like rewind this bit and it's just like I wish for anything, I'd be like I wish for Jeff for to shut up and then this... I would have just been quiet the whole episode. <laughs> well, I'd say like this podcast come to an end and then it would just play the outro <laughs> <laughs> and then be like a farewell song yeah thank you for listening to the two years of we love litigating a failed bit yeah um anyway folks welcome back we're really great at intros here will i i can see that we are notoriously good at these yes um thank you folks so much for uh listening last week to our episode on sinbad (laughs) 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 Sinbad. (laughs) to our episode on sinbad beyond the veil of mists not the good sinbad as we discovered yeah the PlayStation 1 intro graphics in bad. <laughs> we were really excited because we thought we were about to watch the Simbad, like the, the animated the Brad Pitt DreamWorks and, one. Yes. And it was not that. <laughs> it was, what was this? I've never even heard of this. It version. was um, an like, um, Indian mocap animation that looks like a PlayStation 1 graphic. Have you played Jack and Daxter? Yes. It looks like that. Do you know the intro where the camera's floating around the islands, introducing the world, and then yes, it 100%. lands on Jack and Daxter in the boat, rowing to the Dark Island? Yes. Imagine that as an 80-minute movie. Wow. It, what year? Uh, 2004? So this is like where that is. Like now. Peak. Sinbad's 99. 2000. Or 2000. 2000, yeah. This is like peak visual VFX yes. at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was astounding at the time, even though it made like $2. <laughs> um, it was maybe the worst movie I've ever watched. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was really bad. Really it was like, terrible. The character would walk up like this, <laughs> and like I'm doing a T pose for the listener at home. Um, they would walk up, and like their mouth would start moving, and then about a second later, you'd start hearing like, "Yeah, we have to find the fish people." And I'm like, "Okay, Brendan." And he stars in this. He <laughs> plays Sinbad. Wow, what an eclectic career! And yeah. it's such bad CGI or bad computer graphics that the faces can't emote really anything so it'll just be like <laughs> that's the default face i'm making a face for the audience like it's the face on the cover of warheads people who've had warheads yeah yes. exactly that's perfect it's like yeah if you've had warheads you know what that looks like imagine that and without changing the expression it's like my father's body was switched out i am so sad this is well here's the i need the visual. level of the level of animation quality we're talking about. Great. You just have it on. You had it queued up. That was so quick that you got to pull that up there. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys finished this entire movie. I watched this whole thing. Yeah. Is he the king? 
Brendan Fraser? <laughs> he is he is Simbad. Oh, the uh, the famous of explorer course. of the seven seas. Of course. I'm not gonna play this whole thing because why, yeah, no, why we... <laughs> life is too short. You guys watched it and reviewed it for everyone else, so no one else has to watch it. Yes, again. yeah, that's. But it's PlayStation level graphics. hundred percent. Yeah, it was the first movie done entirely with motion capture. Um, as we said last week, Sinbad walks so Avatar could run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this week, yes, yes, this week. We are covering the 2000, entering the new millennium. Yes, we have entered the new millennium. Bedazzled. Technically, we entered the new millennium with Sinbad. I, I'm not going to count that movie. <laughs> Technically, that's the first movie. Of the that movie doesn't callbacks to Sinbad movie. are allowed on the Bedazzled. <laughs> 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 Technically, I am not Sinbad, give Sinbad was our Y2K introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, do we hate it for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. No, this is our first proper movie of the aughts. Um, yeah. Bedazzled. Because, so, like, if we didn't count Sinbad as Brendan Fraser's next movie, let's just say, like, Sinbad was just Brendan Fraser, like, he begrudgingly already signed up for it when he did The Mummy. Couldn't back out of the deal. <laughs> no, no, I mean, with how long animation, like, CG animation took at that time, even as low res as that looked, like, I'm sure it took a while. He probably oh did his God, yeah. voiceover for Sinbad in, like, 95 or yes. something. Yeah. And it took all that time. But if we're not counting Sinbad, then like the, the movie before Bedazzled would then be Dudley Do-Right. Which, that was prior to Bedazzled. That's prior to Bedazzled. Wow. Yeah. It's it's like, in terms of like the cap-off era, because we get the Mummy in 99, Dudley Do-Right in 99. We're not going to count Sinbad. Um, and then Bedazzled in 2000. Yes. So Fraser's fully in his movie star like A-list. So yes, yes. He's not billed in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. It's a romantic comedy. Like, this is around the period of time where, like, being top billed and you get a romantic comedy was, like, a big sign of movie stardom. Yeah. Like, you get that intro, like, you know, it's like, you know, it was back when rom-coms were still big. Yeah. There was still, like, a marketable um, genre <laughs> of film. Yeah. Because nowadays, it's like you get one a year and it stars George Clooney and Julia Roberts, the same people from 20 years ago. Yeah. We don't really have, like, rom-com movie stars nowadays. Yeah. Um, we have them on Netflix. But in terms of, you know, theatrical release, it's been a while since we had, like, a big successful rom-com run. Yeah. This is back when there's rom-coms every month. Uh, they're very successful. They're seen as a sign of strength as a movie star. Right. Because yeah. you only go to see a rom-com for the movie stars. Yeah. You don't go to see a rom-com because of, you know, you want to see the plot or you want to see X, Y, Z. You go to see it because like, oh, I like this idea of Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley in this devil-like interaction situation. Yeah. This seems interesting to me. Hurley herself coming off of Austin Powers. Yes. She's rising right now, as is Fraser. Yeah. So it's an interesting point to come into his career, and this is just a sign of his strength. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Uh, I have seen this movie before long, long time ago. I had not. And I, I, I don't... Exciting. I don't remember the context of why I watched this movie, but I know I was fairly young when I saw it. Had yeah, that is a very good question why you were watching this movie. I don't young. know. I really don't know. So my story is sort of the same. It was like on the TV. Yeah. And it's like you just, it was on and you left it on. Yeah, that, pretty much. And that I can imagine, like when you're young and you yeah. walk in and you put on the TV when it's just basic cable yeah yeah it's that. just like a movie showing on tnt or fox or fx or usa oh. or whatever it was and 
and you just yeah you just left it on it's like oh, there's nothing else playing at 3 p.m on a thursday right <laughs> so I remember those days when like you just like if there's a movie on tv you just you just watched it you just sat down nowadays it's like you go on netflix and you watch five minutes of a movie you're like oh, none of this and you flip to like the school board seven or whatever <laughs> after doing. i've scrolled for 20 minutes yes to yeah. figure out what i want to watch back in the day you could just turn on the tv and it's like i guess i'm watching bedazzle <laughs> that was how movies... i'm picking it up halfway through <laughs> these are very two very weird comparisons i'm pulling out of my head right now but that is how like shawshank redemption and phenomenon became like right. popular yes because mm-hmm. it wasn't their theatrical releases it was their longevity on cable tv yeah. it was always on yeah and people always watched it right yeah. yes it's like you know Still. all the time yes yeah around this period like a movie could flop in the box office and become a major success later on yes through blockbuster and cable yes. just those two things yeah nowadays a movie flops in the box office and then hbo like deletes it off the it's, internet yes we need <laughs> to just never hear about happened. it again yes retconning yeah. themselves right so you, the only way to watch it like it's like um in some 1984 post-apocalyptic universe where you have to like hide in a basement to read like <laughs> I don't know, books, but except it's like you're hiding in a basin and you're watching some guy's screen recording of the Batgirl the Bat movie. catalog. <laughs> he's like, I got it on my, I got, I got it on Nokia. Yeah. Uh, and you've never seen this movie before. I have not. Um, my experience watching Bedazzled uh, for the first time was yesterday on my couch. No, yeah. it was Friday on my couch. Friday on your couch. Uh, before an overnight at work. Yeah. So what were like... I'm, do you have some like some pretext before we get? I mean, I don't know what pretext we'd have. I mean, you kind of already spelled it out that like Frazier's in sort of like the highlight of his career right now. Yeah. I have all. I I feel like we're basically established where Frazier's at. The yeah. movie pretext is interesting. That's and Will okay. seems like he. No, I wanted you. You started off. And okay. I'll chime in when I have to. So this movie is a remake of a 1967 movie, also called Bedazzled, yeah. which itself is a retelling of the Faust legend. You know, this, this is a Faustian movie mm-hmm. um, about the the guy named Faust. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was trying to figure out like, how do you go from to... Faustian? <laughs> well, I thought like, I was like, um, I my brain was just computing like, oh, her name is Faust in the story. I'm like, oh no, wait, he he's Faust. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we got a guy named Faust, and he meets the devil, and he gets his wishes, and you know the they they play against him. It's the monkey's paw situation. Um, and it's about, you know, man's greed and man's lust and man's inability to be, like, happy with what he has and just insatiable desire is the the story that's being told. Yeah. In 1967, they're like, what if that was a comedy? Yes. And they made the uh, the 1967 Bedazzled, which starred Raquel Welch. Um, and who else was in that one? Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. And Peter Cook. Peter Cook. Peter Cook. I watched that in preparation for this. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Hell yeah. Okay. I, uh, it is we, we'll out if there are moments where we're talking about it and I feel like it ties back to it I will bring it up but okay I really think the Brendan Fraser version is so much better interesting, interesting. Okay. and I rarely will think like a remake is better than mm-hmm. the original um but they it's very much more of like a British 60s like Monty Python-esque version yeah like more of a romp yes yeah yeah because this was the around like 2000 to 2004, there becomes this push in Hollywood to remake the 60s movies. Yes, I mean we're always operating on like a 10 year scale mm-hmm. with our 40 year scale with remaking movies, um, because the people who grew up with them become of age to make movies, and then they just remake what they saw as a kid. But like Bedazzled get re- gets remade this year. The Truth About Charlie, 
um, remake of Charade gets remade this year. We get the Manchurian Candidate two years after In- this. Interesting point. Charade, directed by Stanley Donlin, Don Donnan, also directed The Old Bedazzled. Interesting. Yes. Have you ever seen The Truth About Charlie? I have not. You don't uh, need to. <laughs> it's like, what if Charade starred Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and was just insane? <laughs> At one You're point, kind of drawing me in with Tom that. Newton like has a heart attack on a train, and he's but he's like doing his voice from Silence of the Lambs. He's like, <laughs> again, you're not deterring me from wanting to see this movie. <laughs> uh, very strange movie. Yeah, <laughs> but that is a, it's funny. Like this is that period where those movies are getting remade. So bedazzled, you know, it seems like an obvious pick. Hollywood's kind of stewing on a remake of this for several years. It almost gets off the ground in 1998. Um, but it gets pushed because Harold Ramis decides he wants to direct it. Um, I don't think they had found a director for it yet. They were just probably going to like hire somebody at that point. Um, more of a journeyman. And then Harold Ramis, after Ghostbusters 3 falls apart, uh, is like, all right, I need a project. What what, what are the op- options right now? And he's like, I'll take that, but I'm going to rewrite it. So it gets pushed two years for him to rewrite this. Which is fortunate for Fraser, because had this had been made in 1998, I'm not sure Fraser would have started in it. Yeah. Um, but it gets pushed two years. Um, Fraser blows up in the interim, and he becomes Ramus's choice to come in and be the lead of this movie. Mm, okay, interesting. So it's funny that the the collapse of Ghostbusters 3 <laughs> is what leads to this <laughs> movie. Dazzled hinges on. <laughs> is what bedazzled hinges on. Um. There's something else I want to say with Ram- oh because of that Ramus also drops out of directing Galaxy Quest. Ooh, who directed that? Um, who does? Who did direct that eventually? Another movie. Is it walk into my front room? It's on the TV. I sit down. I watch the entire thing. Dean Pariso. So, Galaxy Quest, great movie. Great Fantastic movie. movie. Love it. One of the two good Tim Allen's performances. What's the other? Santa Claus? No, it's... um Toy Story? Buzz. Oh. And it's funny. You know what's funny about Tim Allen? He has two good performances. That's the next podcast. The Allen cast? No, you know what's funny about Tim Allen? <laughs> you know what's funny about Tim Allen? <laughs> <laughs> I, I pitched this to Stuart a few days ago. If we ever did a De Niro cast, it would have to be called You Talking About Me? <laughs> Hundred percent. Thank you. 100%. I got no reaction out of this guy. That I don't think that's a very good intro, uh, but that's just um, me. <laughs> but no, the thing about Tim Allen, before we get back to Bedazzled, is that he's done two good performances. They're Galaxy Quest and Buzz Lightyear, and both of them he's doing a William Shatner impression. <laughs> <laughs> and I think huh. that that's huh. yes. I think that that's true. funny that the only way Tim Allen is like actually good, like he's fine in Santa Claus. He's funny. He's whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a performance of more of just him riffing Fine for like two Santa hours. Claus. Yeah. But he's actually good in those movies because he's doing a Shatner impression. Yeah. And I think that's funny that that's his good mode. It's just, what if I was Shatner? <laughs> anyway, back to Bedazzled. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could not have suspected these twists and turns. Yes. Th- this show, we do like our tangents. Sorry, disrespectful to his character in Wild Hogs. Look. Hundred percent. He's fine in Wild Hogs. Fine. He's he, the Golden Knight. Stuart, you're talking about performances in Wild Hogs, and we we're covering John Travolta. <laughs> You'll have to just take another spin around the Wild Hogs train. Yeah. What if we did Tim Allen? What if we did just straight hogging and we just covered <laughs> Wild Hogs minute by minute? I'm trapped in my own prison. <laughs> <laughs> 
the way I get Stuart to to stop is I just start pitching more podcasts. <laughs> well, we didn't we say we were gonna take a road trip to Madrid? Yeah, we never did that. Not Spain, Madrid, but there's a town in like is it Utah or Arizona? Wherever Wild Hogs is. Yeah. <laughs> to see the Wild yeah. Hogs. Set. See the Wild Hogs. Set. Let us never forget. There's wild a Wild Hogs, Hogs gift shop that's still up and running. A 2007 movie. Wow. Let us not forget, in Wild Hogs, they start in Cleveland, and there's like a desert outside of Cleveland, and then they drive to New Mexico, which also has a desert. <laughs> I know that you just shot this whole thing in New Mexico. They just drove down the block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, bedazzled. Bedazzled. I mean, enough of enough of, enough of of Tim Allen. Yeah. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought that evil upon us. <laughs> uh any other like interesting uh, no Ramus goes on to direct it it times out with Fraser popping off and um, the movie gets made I think something to address I think this is this is a result of the pattern that was established with movies like Blast from the Past um, mm. because I think we, we get a few of them back to back right because after this it's going to be Monkey Bone um, and then after what's after The Mummy Returns Mummy Returns The Quiet American this is that gentle doofus hunk yes that you guys are talking about yeah which happened blast from the past really started yeah yeah i would say even like encino man is like the 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 urtext for that that's really interesting like basically fraser is trying to be in his very early start of his career he's trying to be a dramatic actor um it's like all of his dramatic projects he's good in the movies just don't really connect the movies that are connecting are his comedies or his more outrageous action movies and all of them, he's playing the archetype of like the gentle, the gentle giant, the gentle doofus. Yeah. Um, he's funny, he's charming, he's attractive, but he's also, you know, um, not the like most intelligent. It's kind of his, you know, everyman quality that brings him into it. It's the Harrison Ford effect. Yeah, and this movie definitely plays into that. I would you know, say though, he's—they don't say anything about his book smarts. Like mm. he's smart. He's like emotionally dumb. Yes, he, he, that that is something I think they do in Bedazzled that mm-hmm. they weren't doing earlier. Yeah, um, but again, that same trope they yeah. are going with. I think the thing, one thing I do want to say about Bedazzled is I can't find evidence of this. I get the incredible perception this movie's written for Jim Carrey from the opening of this movie, hmm. and I'm like, if it got pushed from '98, yeah. he's megastar at that time like the opening of this movie it's like he's doing the jim carrey like riddler or ace ventura yeah the matt mask the mask is the one i'm trying to think of that's right yeah where it's like kind of the down on his luck nerd he's a little zany he's doing all the hey you guys hanging out tonight i get the impression this movie's written for jim carrey carrey either passes um or is just unavailable for it and when ramus takes over fraser's who he goes with yeah because like this is kind of when Carrie's trying to transition to more dramatic works, um, because he does um, Truman Show, the same year. Yeah, right. So he's trying to make that transition. So he might have pushed this away, and then it, it falls into Fraser's lap. Yeah, it's interesting to think of because we've always been comparing Fraser to like more of a Harrison Ford figure. Yeah, it's very interesting thinking about uh, Brandon Fraser, sort of. Not in mimic mimicking is the wrong word, but Jim like Jim Carrey adjacent. Yeah, yes. doing like a Jim Carrey adjacent like role in this movie. It's it's very interesting. That's a great point to think about it. So he's a versatile guy, and I think he's good in this movie. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's like he he. This is a mildly difficult role mm-hmm. in the way that he has to play like eight different roles. Yes. I think this is maybe the most impressive performance we've seen from him, if not like in like a necessarily ostentatious way. It's just like he is doing a lot in this movie and he's doing it all with that lack of ego that we've talked about. And I, I'm probably going to get scolded for making this type of comparison, but when I watch him doing all these different like personalities and roles and if you analyze any single one personality you're going to think like i don't think that's a very good performance but it's the difference in between what he's doing like with like the basketball player Mm -hmm. and like the rich artist or the smart author guy that highlights the impressive nature of it Mm -hmm. and i'm drawn to james mcavoy's split yeah because if you think about it like any single one of those personalities James McAvoy does isn't like a groundbreaking performance, mm. but it's the difference that he goes from like from this old woman, Patricia to playing a little kid yeah. that impresses you. Yes. And I think that's what we mean when we say it's a very impressive acting accolade for Fraser yeah. in this movie. It has to be extreme on one end to yeah. go back to the other side. Yeah. Like he has to play the doofus basketball player like hunk. Yeah, and then go all the way back to the super sensitive. Like they've got to be cranked at ten, and that's very hard to do that yeah. in one movie. Yeah, because you watch all these performances, all these different characters he plays, and they are all very broad caricatures. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No. no. Yeah. Like it has to be the, for how this, this for this content, movie to work. Yes. And I think you know the difference is split. I think got a lot of praise for James McAvoy because those like you know some of those characters are big. But it's in some way like it's a performance of subtleties. Yeah. The way McAvoy is able to switch, like looking at his face and you see the face change. He's very impressive in that way. And he got a lot of praise for the subtlety of how he did it. Yeah. I think this is didn't get as much praise because it's not really a performance of subtleties. It's a performance of broads. Yeah. We don't. He doesn't on camera transition to that person yeah. we just teleport to a world where he is that person but it's so believable right away yes it is and a lot of that goes with the hair and makeup uh, wardrobe work that was done on this movie frazier's been getting a lot of i'm gonna say luck because a lot of his previous movies he's worked with some very very well like vanity departments blast from the past costume department fucking banger yeah. Of a wardrobe department yeah. they crushed it set design to just really amazing and then you talk about mummy return or the mummy uh you talk about like all these other movies where he's worked Look, with he's the simply the most attractive man ever alive in the mummy and we just got to talk about <laughs> but you know what i mean like i feel like fraser has gone from like one great hair and makeup costume department to another okay. and i think this is another example of like if 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 it wasn't, and I and I am gonna say like, are some of his personalities like a little over the top, like hair and makeup done? Like I'm talking about those overtly sensitive dude on the beach, where they like paint the freckles on his face <laughs> and give him like a weird like redhead wig, yeah, uh, or like the torn off mustache when he's a Colombian drug lord. Like mm-hmm. I mean, all these things are like they're almost like halfway perfected again. It goes with the performance. It's not like they're very, they're not subtle changes. They're very like just broad pasted on 
bronzer to be a Colombian drug lord <laughs> and then like pasty freckled face for the oversensitive guy on the beach. And mm. then is he a fucking albino in the basketball <laughs> one? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Because then would that make it blackface technically? Oh like, I don't Durant's know. What I think I was going to bring up, is it brown face with the Colombian drunk lord? It, it is. It is. It absolutely is, right? I think this. there are parts of this movie that have aged like 23-year-old milk. <laughs> <laughs> I think specifically the um, the Colombian drug lord and the... Um, the basketball player? No, the basketball player is fine. I don't think it's any problem. The basketball player I thought was about to be very problematic when she's like, you're going to be like Michael Jordan. I'm like, no, no, yeah. stop the movie. Stop the movie. <laughs> I'm like, stop. I was trying to jump. I was like trying to Don Rickles and Pleasantville myself into the screen. I know. Peter. Peter. But no, he was, I was like, oh, thank God. Um, but I think that the, um, the, over effeminate like that they kind of treat like you know that he's gay is a joke there's a little bit of problematic That's, nature there yeah. mm-hmm. um the brown face uh those two are the ones that i think have some problems in them yeah um and i think it's it's the nature of aging yeah um, there's only so much like excuses we can get oh, yeah, to like older movies with those problematic issues yes. i mean it is like a product of its time where like that's funny I'm like well I don't know. There were movies there were back a lot of then that were not laughing at it. Yeah, yeah. When it, at, at the time, time it came yeah. out, and there were artists that were making movies at that time that that yeah. aged very well because yes. you know because you can say like oh it's you know people at the time thought it was funny. I'm like yeah, I'm sure if like you know a Colombian person went to see this movie, and I'm sure they did because they see movies. Yeah, we can't like do that like oh it's a private time. Like no, black people saw movies. It's not yes. like they didn't go to see movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they were not as entertained by that as some of us were. Yeah. Uh, is it plot po- plot time, Jeff? It is. I think we can dive into the plot. Yeah. Stuart, were you there that Harold Ramis directed a movie called Stuart Saves His Family? Um, no. <laughs> I, I'm just, just I'm looking yes. at what Ramis had done right before Bedazzle. Stuart Saves His Family? Is it a Stuart Little sequel? It stars former uh, U.S. Senator Al Franken. Fun fact. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Is he trying to make a comeback. I think he is. Al Franken. I think he is. He is. Yes. He's trying to come back into politics after his um unfortunate abrupt exit. exit. Abrupt exit from. He published a book right before That's he left, right. and like the first chapter is all about how everyone hates Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> what year was the Stewart Saves His Family movie? Ninety five. Ninety five. That was when I was born. Yeah. Sorry, not to date. Did you my... save your family? Not to date myself. Yeah. Wait, I'm looking for. It. I can't find this. Oh wait, I'm on the writer section of IMDb. Yeah, that's right. Get your shit together. My God, this guy. Do you see directing? It's based on an SNL character named Stuart. Um, Stuart saves his family. I was trying to see if there's any like continuity in Ramus's career right before, um, bedazzled. There's not really any. I, I don't think yeah. so. I gotta watch this purely because like yeah, it did come out. It did come out April twelfth. I was like, is there anything here where it's like, oh, he's interested in this topic? No, he just does comedies. Ghostbusters 3 didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Harold Ramis, native Chicagoan. Yes. Legend. Um, yep. Rest in peace. His last movie, Year One. Oh, I did think it was interesting that this was between Analyze This and Analyze That. <laughs> yes. This is what he did in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he did that between a little of this and a little of that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll take some of that. 
It, and it is funny that those movies, like, he he was on a run. He does this and he does analyze this in 99, this in 2000, analyze that in 2002. Oh, my goodness. All right. Shall so, we dive into it? Bedazzled. Bedazzled. Uh, the opening sequence we should talk about, because it's starting with, like, your classic, like, flash montage imagery of mm-hmm. are they are they in san francisco or los angeles it starts in new york and then comes to san francisco okay and then that's where the movie but i think it's the world doesn't don't they do a cut co- yes it's like the it's like the devil is scanning the world for mm-hmm. the perfect soul right i wish that this was elaborated on in the movie because she never has like a computer where she's looking at souls <laughs> no right we just get this like NSA spy drone intro where it just zooms in on places around the world and shows like security cam footage of people and they're all moving very fast. Yeah. And it's, it, it's sped up footage so they're all blurry. Yeah. And it's little bits of like uh, just quirks that people have. Yeah. So one's like farts in bed. Yeah. The other one's like hasn't seen the dentist in 20 years or just some stuff like that. Um and then we go through like a few of those folks and then we land on Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. who's walking to his office and he has like a plethora of things. It's like lonely, pathetic, doormat, yeah, emotionally stunted well, or whatever. And then we actually get a really cool VFX shot that I like. Um, the VFX in this movie done by Richard Edlund of ILM fame. Hmm. Um, but he, um, he goes, he's, Fraser steps up to the door and we're seeing him in real time as the rest of the world is like speeding by because mm-hmm. you know he feels his whole bit at the beginning of this movie is he feels like the world is passing him by yeah and he walks up to the door and he opens the door and then it's all like the a, people like who are, who are moving in it's like time lapse high of, speed time yeah. lapse start flying through the door and he's standing there like stuck holding it open as hundreds of people fly through the door past him yeah it is a good bit. It's a it's a fun little VFX shot, just a little composite between him and the time lapse footage. Yeah, um, I think that's good. And then he finally steps in. He heads up to his office, and the yeah. movie improper starts. Yeah, and he just we never get context of what his job is. It's like a data analyst of some kind. Cynodyne. Cynodyne. Like, what is with yeah. movies and dyne companies? <laughs> like, it's like I thought about this as like Cynodyne, Cyberdyne. Dine. A lot of movies have like dine at the end of their fi- fictitious company. Because it's true. a dynasty, Jeff. Like I'm sure it's because of dynamics, but what does that? Is it a suff? What's the end of a word called? Suffix. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a suffix. Um, I like that we're looking this up. Of. I I try to type movies with dine companies and it autocorrected to movies with Dwayne companies and it brought me to every movie Dwayne the Rock Johnson has produced. <laughs> His people definitely made sure the algorithm yeah. would go to his face if you typed in Dwayne Companies. <laughs> I think it's Unit System. It's Dine. a unit system. a unit system. I know this. <laughs> Dine, a unit of force acting as a mass of one gram increases its velocity by one centimeter per second every second along the direction that it acts. So it's um, it's a unit of force. So like Cyberdyne, Cyber Force would essentially be the idea. I'm glad we figured this out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just something I thought about in the movie. There's just like, there's a lot of dines in, in cinema. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like a data analyst of some yes. kind. We don't really get context of what he does. And he, he's sort of the joke of the office. Yes. Because there's some 
coworkers he works with who he comes up and talks to, and he's like, "Hi, uh, dude, how's it going, man? You got any plans tonight?" And he's just talking with him. He's very over enthusiastic, trying to hang out with some people, and he's just not very well liked. Yeah. They it, want nothing to do with him, but yeah. he cannot pick up on this, or maybe yeah. he does know, and he's choosing to reject it. I think he kind of knows. Yes, um, because there's the four friends. And it's important to note the four friends because this movie does a weird thing with them. Shout yeah. out to them as well because yeah. they also possessed like jumping in and out yes. of these roles into different characters. This yeah. movie has like a Collateral Beauty-esque um, friends. <laughs> have you seen Collateral Beauty? I have not. Do you know the twist? I thought you were going to say Collateral. Uh, no, Collateral <laughs> Beauty. That's you, the movie with Will Smith. Um, You could tell me. The twist is like collateral views in a movie where Will Smith like is he's like a hopeless romantic. He's like getting over I think the death of somebody. Wait, no one. Everyone should turn away if they want to. Yeah, know if, the ending. if you want to know the end, don't want to know the ending of Collateral Beauty. <laughs> Hit but, the um, fifteen second fast forward button right now. But in Collateral Beauty, um, he has friends played by Edward Norton and who else is his friend? It's like Kate Winslet, Edward Norton, and Michael Pena. Um, and they're his friends. And then he starts getting visited by angels. Um, the Angels of Death, played by Helen Mirren. Love, played by Keira Knightley. And uh, Time, played by uh, some person. Uh, Jacob Lattimore, who I do not know. Um, and like he, they lead him on this journey. It's like Scrooge style. And then at the end of the movie, you find out his friends were just so distressed with how sad he was. They hired actors to portray these Shut angels and start up. showing up in his life. Oh my god! And, like he basically has like a full mental breakdown <laughs> because he has his friends have just been conning him with angels the whole time. Who would greenlight such a thing? Um, that's just important to know because it like it does the same thing. That's in, Touchstone, isn't it? That's, I can't remember who made that movie, but this like. Um, like this movie does the kind of has a similar game because like in his visions with those angels in that movie, like his friends have roles in them, and you find out the end it's because they like choreograph the whole thing. Um, but this movie does the same thing where all of his friends or coworkers appear in all of his visions, yeah, um, or his wishes as different characters. Right. And it's a fun way to have immediate intimacy or like knowledge of these characters mm-hmm. without having to like lay the groundwork every time. Like if you went back to being you know Abe Lincoln like he does at one point and you would do, like introduce all these fucking characters yes. who he's with instead in this it can just be like oh Carol um, is with him and Toby Huss is John Wilkes Booth mm-hmm. and you're like okay I understand the like the relationships here because we've established them in the real world yeah they're almost like these like wishes that he gets that transforms them into different people they're almost not like literally transforming him it's more of just like putting him in a fantasy world for 30 seconds and then when he needs out he pulls him back to the real world yes as opposed to like changing the course of time Mm. just yeah it's it's a the idea very much is that the devil's never doesn't expect him to actually stick in any of these worlds yeah yes he's gonna go through the seven quick and they're scrooge-esque visions yeah or um um, it's a wonderful life-esque visions of a world without him or a world with him in a different place, a place where he can never stay. It's a very interesting con that the devil is doing in this movie. Yes. Yes. Give someone seven wishes for their soul and ex- expecting them to always make bad decisions. Yeah. On what their wishes are. Well, every one of them will result in his death. None of the wishes will not result in his death at the end. Yes. Yeah. 
um, in some way. Actually, I think two of them might, but like he doesn't want to live. Well, the Abe, no. Abe, the Abe Lincoln one. Mm, yeah, he would die. He would die in Hefe. Yeah, when he's the. He, we Not must acknowledge the, he is Hefe. The dude. sensitive. What's his name? Oh, he's Elliot. The in sensi- all of them. Yes, but. Except for Abe Lincoln. That's the only one he's not an <laughs> Elliot. That would be great if he was Elliot Lincoln. <laughs> he's just like Elliot, um, Honest L. <laughs> Honest L. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he... We'll go back to where he is. Yeah. Um, he's having a tough time at work. He has a crush on Allison, who also works in the same company, played by Francis O'Connor. Yeah. Um, who doesn't recognize him, even though he says, like, oh, we met once and said three words to each other five years ago or something like that. Yeah. We're laying the groundwork for how sad this guy really is. Frances O'Connor, who, God bless her, God love her, is has nothing to do in this movie, but... Yes, she be, is... Be uh, the prize. That was one of my gripes with it, if you could have rounded out her character, seeing yeah. what that was. Um, right. She exists solely as the um, the object of desire. I will talk about that at the end as well mm-hmm. when we get to the end of the plot. Yeah. Copy that. Um, but he so he he crush he crashes um, this work night bar hangout sesh, and that's where he sees Allison. Tries to make a conversation, doesn't really go very well, mm-hmm. and he. This is when we get Elizabeth Hurley. Intro: yes. The devil. Because <laughs> 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 he goes to um, he goes to the bar. And his friends ignore him. A little uh, a pool cue, a pool ball rolls up to him. Wait, first he prays. He does pray. He says, "Yes, he asks God." It's like God, please. Like I would do anything to have this woman in my life. Yes, or whatever. And then. <laughs> And it, it seems as though Harold Ramis watched Austin Powers and was like, hmm, Elizabeth I, Hurley looks good in red dresses and red yeah, tights. And we're just going to do that. The character, those two characters from Austin Powers to here, it's like a seamless transition. Oh, it's the same person. Yes. Um, what's her name? Vanessa Kensington. Is yes. that it? Yeah. Vanessa. Vanessa. <laughs> and what's interesting, too, is like the old bedazzled, like a 60s style, and she totally channels that 60s esque yeah. thing in Austin Powers, but then yeah. they transfer that to this bedazzled. Yes. She has that. So, um, oh I'm trying to think of the way to say it, but that like 60s femme fatale, um, like female lead energy. Yes. Yeah. Kind of very deep, husky voice. Yes. Um, with a British accent. Yes. Yeah, she does talk with a British accent to... Uh, oh my God, Stuart, spare us of this. <laughs> it's like, your deepest desire is a woman. <laughs> you sound like Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you get seven deadly wishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if, like, oh when Elizabeth Hurley, it's like, I, it's like, why do you look like this? I feel like the devil would look like somebody else. It's like, well, like, I could look like this. And she turned to Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 baby, yeah. <laughs> we had to cover um, Goldmember on this show, and we basically just spent 90 minutes yelling like Austin Powers. It's maybe our most unlistenable episode. <laughs> why? What? John Travolta has a cameo at the very end That's of it. Right. He plays Goldmember in the movie. Hi, assholes. Oh, no. <laughs> I was racking my brain as to why that would fit into the <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I love gold. 
I'm Dutch. Is it Dutch weird? <laughs> there are two people I can't stand in the world. One are people who can't tolerate other people's cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> It's great. It's great, great, great. But he meets the devil. He meets the devil. Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. Who takes him on a little escapade um, to kind of prove herself. Yeah. he thinks she's crazy right away because she's she doesn't really like disguise the fact she just straight up is like, yeah, I'm the devil. Um, I'm the devil. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you I can give you some wishes. I can give you whatever you want. And he's like, all right, you should go to the hospital. <laughs> and he, he leaves. The I want to talk about like the whole Elizabeth Hurley's like hyper sexualized appearance and mm. look in this movie. Because I'm watching this and I'm like, well, like in the eyes of like a 2000 movie, I can just see this being like, oh, like she's a devil. She's going to be hot, steamy and yeah. like wearing like tight fitting clothes. On the other hand, though, it's like in a story sense, I can kind of sort of rationalize that this like she's sort of like the symbol of desire Seduction. and lust and that, all those things that is together like, right especially for him and what he wants right yeah and so like for that it's like i didn't see that as so much like problematic as like no i think that's like if the devil was trying to be like a con sales artist salesman like well that would that's like if you go back to the Bible, like the first story is the devil is a phallic object that seduces a woman to bite into an apple yeah um, which is the most sexual they could get for um, 2000 BC or whatever. <laughs> but 2000 AD. That, yeah, 2000 AD. Um, Fast forward. 2000 AD, we can put Elizabeth Hurley in a tight red dress. <laughs> right. But like from the very beginning, the concept of the devil is, you know, he's they're a creature of seduction. Yeah. Um, and he, she, um, is... It? it. They? It, they. We don't know what pronouns the devil uses. You. We actually really don't. Um, because that would be quite a section to them for them to add into the Bible. Um, <laughs> Pope Francis comes out. He's like, I got an announcement to make, guys. <laughs> New edition dropping in Barnes and Nobles across the country. Lucifer, Premium letter Satan, bound version. Yezelbub is they them. Yes. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is the 2023 version of Elizabeth Hurley's The Devil? Oh. Or you can um, harp on it and we can come back to it at the end. Well, like, I think it would be the same thing. I think, it would, think be, it would be like I a hypersexualized. I think, if anything, it would be more hypersexualized. Really? I think they would have to really, like, um. Because they have to really gangbusters it up for people not to call it out as problematic, I feel yes. like. You know what I mean? Yes. Because I feel like people would watch this movie and it could be very quick to snap to the decision of, like, oh, like, it's just dudes making a movie. So, of course, you're going to put Elizabeth Hurley in, like, a bra and, like, almost nothing else we're seeing it as like well wait a second like the devil's a part of desi- you know sense of desire if you were making it in 2023 if i were at the writer's table of this i'd be thinking like we gotta like go over the top or else people are gonna yeah. think it's and just I, and i think there's a lack of like um you know understanding what this movie is saying and doing with that character in yeah. that reading yes like she's hypersexualized, but she is the more powerful figure in this movie yeah her sexuality is a tool that she's using yeah it's never she's never put into the you know that's right the francis o'connor position in this Mm -hmm. movie yeah she's like has empowerment over her sexuality and she's choosing to use it in the movie against him yeah which i feel like she's like transcending it yeah if there's a level in this movie that holds up today i think it's that for sure like it's you know it's very empowering of her character yeah. I think this movie has female issues, but I don't think she's the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great point. So I think if you still did it today, you'd still have the same level. 
Um, there's yeah. a lot of movies that come out nowadays um, made by female artists where like the idea is you know women getting the ability to approach their own sexuality from their own voices made yeah. by female artists. Yeah. So I think if anything, you if you did this movie now, you would want it to be from a female perspective. Yeah. Um, and kind of offer the other side of the coin that the movie offers. But then would the devil be like Ryan Gosling or something like that? Because like, this movie still like that. this movie you tries know? to have its like cake that. and eat its two in some respect. Eat it too in some respect. Yeah. Because it is a movie about you know, it's a comedy about men, and it's very critical of men. Um, and their desires and their lusts and kind of the vain nature of those. Mm-hmm. But it still kind of has, like, it plays the female character as an object. Yeah. It's, it doesn't give her agency. Um, it still makes her his, like, gift at the end for being like, oh, men are kind of bad. I'm going to be good, so I get a woman. Yes. It's like, okay, you're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, halfway there, so buddy. So close. Right. You almost did it. <laughs> you almost did it. Yeah. Um, I had a good example for like a good version of this movie that has been made, and I cannot remember what it was like. And I still like this movie. Let that be said, but I mean, like the good idea of you know, it's critical of men while still empowering the female. I guess you know, Mad Max Fury Road would be a great example of that. <laughs> that's yeah. a it's a very interesting poll, yeah. but no, yeah, that's a movie that's entirely about like you know, it's very critical of men and you know the controlling nature of men and their desires and whatnot. While still objectively Furiosa is the lead of that movie, mm-hmm. even yeah. though it's called Mad Max, yes. he's more of just a casual observer to her plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's you know a very heightened example of this. Uh, there's not nearly as many car flips in this movie. No, <laughs> there's one. It must be acknowledged. Yeah, they do, um, s- and they set a car on fire. There are there's one car chase and one uh, eighteen car pileup. Yeah, must be said. Yeah, um, let it not be known that. Uh, Harold Ramis did not attempt to pull his Mad Max into this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Elizabeth Hurley, the devil takes Brendan Fraser Elliot on like sort of a little journey yeah, to little sort cruise. of prove that uh, I love the costume changes that she like goes through. Yeah. Thought yeah. that was a neat little thing. So two thousands, very two mm. thousands theatrical. Yeah. Just like walking behind a wall and coming out wearing something different. I, I really like that. Um, and, She's like, she takes him to the nightclub, I think, first. Well, first she offers him a wish to prove. Oh, she's right. She's like, make a wish. And he's like, I want a Big Mac and a Coke. And she's like, your wish is granted. And she snaps her fingers and a bus pulls up. And they get on the bus. They take it to a McDonald's. They go and she orders and makes him pay for it. Yeah. And he does get his wish. Technically, yeah. And I think that it's important that the movie, it's smart of the movie to set up right then and there how this dynamic goes. Yeah. He gets what he wishes for, but doesn't, he has to pay he for it. He pays for it. Yes. Yeah. And in this case, he literally pays for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's very smart to set that up right now. And then it comes back at the end. Yeah. In a big way. Yeah, and that that is not enough for Fraser. Obviously, it's yes. like I didn't wish for anything. Like you, may, you just brought me to McDonald's. I had to pay for it. And he's like, I could have just done this. Yeah. And I think every version of himself that we're gonna go through is a you know a reflection of that idea that I could have just done this. That all of these people that he's personifying, he can just be. Yeah, he can just maybe not be these Colombian, things. but well, he can't be Colombian. Yeah, he right. can't, and he no. can't go back to be Abe Lincoln. No. He can't just make himself gay. But these are like I think 
possibilities of him. These are all like reflection, shadowy reflections that lurk within him. These yeah. are things he can be. Yeah. Um, but that then we go to the nightclub. Yeah. Two thousands movies with club scenes. Yeah. Two thousands <laughs> movies with hell's based club <laughs> scenes. Yeah. I love me a good hell-based yeah, club. Witches and bears on the, the fucking <laughs> every, every time I watch the Matrix, I forget that song is in the Matrix, yeah. and I'm just delighted every time. <laughs> Neo and his friends, who never reappear in the movie, go to the club. We have another uh, crossover between the Matrix and Bedazzled. <laughs> Bill Pope, cinematographer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow, Bill Pope, one of like the secret greats. Secret greats. Yeah, he is. Yeah, his I feel like residence. he's never talked about. But no. I mean, he. What did he do recently? Baby Driver. He did something recently that I was surprised to see him doing. Uh, I was. It was Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten oh, Rings. Oh yeah, I know. And he shot Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. So is, so is he an MCU boy? This is a Marvel guy now. Yeah, he's entered the MCU. And once you've entered, you cannot escape. <laughs> you cannot escape from it. <laughs> He's trapped in quantum mania. He did not shoot the Matrix Resurrections, which was unfortunate. I, which is still a good looking movie. He came back for Revolutions, though. He did Reloaded Revolutions and had a bad experience on them. Yes, um, because they like they were very complex movies. So the Wachowskis had a different way of doing it. Um, that didn't. That wasn't really compatible with his style. But he shot the three um, Sam Raimi Spider Mans, yes. which are beautiful looking movies. Yeah, yes. yeah. He, his whole career is just um, movies that I don't think get enough credit for looking as good as they do. Yes. Yeah. And he's a stat player. And for this movie, he has to do so many, just as the performances, yeah. he has to do these different looks every yeah. time we go yeah. somewhere else. And every one of them has a different look. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's not, it's not showy, nor is it necessarily subtle, it's like mid-range in terms of the changes he has to do. But he does them very effectively with each it one. It has an indelible effect on yes. us. Yes. That's a great way to say it. Uh, but he hasn't, he's never been nominated for an Oscar. That's just... That's a it's crazy. War crime. <laughs> <laughs> he... Oh, wait. No, I'm wrong. He won an Oscar for Achievement in Documentary at the 5th Annual Student Academy Awards in 1978. Oh, my God. Lest we forget. He tossed that right in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're at the we're at the Hell Club. Yes, Hell. Do we ever get the name of the club? I'm just gonna call it Hell Club. I think Hell Club's pretty good. Oh, Hell Club's fun. The Underworld. I gotta yeah. look it up. Um, is it? It's Constantine. Where there's like another. There's like a Hell Club run by the devil. There door, is right? another yeah. Hell Club. Yeah. There. There's also Blade, the Vampire Club. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Very um, proud of that poll. <laughs> Um, um, oh my god, when it starts raining blood on yeah. the drinks. 100%. <laughs> Metal! <laughs> Bloody fucking rules. Yeah, it does. Um, oh man. So we're at the Hell Club. They all see him and they like praise him. Like just the devil yeah. showing like, you know, he's getting all this attention. Uh, Stuart, I think we have talked about this before, but one of my favorite things is weird hyperlinks within Wikipedia. And okay. let's say in the plot link for uh, the plot description for this movie, the reason Elliot has to pay for McDonald's because, as the devil says, there's no such thing as a free lunch, and there's no such thing as a free lunch is hyperlinked to Wikipedia about there's no such thing as a free lunch. 
Like the idiom? What if you click on it? It's a popular adage communicating the idea that it's impossible to get something for nothing. The acronyms T-A-N-S-T-A-A-F-L, no one has ever used that, are also used. The phrase was first in use in the 1930s, but its first appearance is unknown. Isn't it like a Republican calling card phrase? Something like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's I I love weird hyperlinks in Wikipedia. That someone was like, you know what? We need to let we people know. We need to let people know where this, this came from. Jeff, you know what we haven't done yet? What? We haven't talked talked about the hair. You, well, there's a lot of hair in this movie. There is a lot of uh, hair in this movie. The question is which are we talking about? Well, I think we should we're we should be talking about the main Elliot hair. The main Elliot hair. Okay. Yeah. Are we gonna do separate for the, the other hair? I there's so many though. Well, then let's just start with the yeah. We'll start with it, the Elliot. Elliot's hair and reality. Yeah, Elliot's hair, hair and reality. Cue I, the music to the hair ranking. What? <laughs> I, I wanted this hair when I was younger. Really? Ooh. This is like you got split part. It's sort of like a bowl cut, but it's not really right. I thought this was key to like you need this. This you are gonna look like a hunk. Yeah. That did not hold up well. It's not no, the thing anymore. It, it hasn't. I think it was definitely like the style for the time. Um, but yeah, it is very quickly like kind of gone down. Um, is this not the same haircut that he has in The Mummy? It's basically the same haircut. It's, but like, I don't know. The hair in The Mummy is a little bit more slicked back. Yes. This one is a lot more like forward frontal hair. Like bowl, bowly, I would yes. say. Like bowl, bowl cutty. Bowl cutty. This is the the Fraser look from like. <laughs> when I think of him, I think of him with this haircut. Yeah, it's like from Gods and Monsters. I mean, hell, I'd even go back to like Mrs. Winterborn. Um, it's his look from that through um, roughly the Mummy Three. Wow, you know, GI Joe. Okay. GI Joe is like the last time we kind of see this hair in a real way. Very GI Joey haircut. GI Joey, <laughs> and then he comes back. Um, after his long hiatus um, with like no sudden move in the whale and whatnot and it's the new style of hair where it's like the shortcut yes jeff i have a spot where i know it's gonna go you know oh stewart is also in this document that i'm in right now put it above younger and younger below mrs winterborn bill okay so a new number 18 yes and then, oh, you, you're gonna rank all of his hairs ever? Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. We have, we have, we did it for Travolta, and we're doing it for Fraser. Wait, what is the what is one right now? Or sh- should I wait? We can tell you. Can Number tell one me. for um, Fraser is George of the Jungle. At this moment, that is, it's an iconic hair. It well, is. wait, how? Encino Man versus George of the Jungle, though. Uh, George of the Jungle, I think we talked about, was a little more. Still breathing. Oh. It's more uh, wavy. Still more breathing flirty. is an episode where we mostly just talk about how hot everyone in that movie is because yeah. there's there's no plot to be discussed. So we're just like, yeah, these people are attractive. Uh, not to totally derail, can you guys put your phones on airplane mode? I'm just starting to hear a little bit of digital stuff. Mine's on airplane mode, bro. Can oh, it's I, already on airplane mode. Mine is not. I, is it on do not disturb or airplane mode? Very different. Do not disturb. Airplane I, mode. Yes. Your laptops are fine. It's just yes. the phones. I know, but I was connected to my hotspot here. Let me oh. Know. Sorry about that. No, all good. Yeah. This is this is what the audience is here for. This is starting to become a little bit more of a problem recently. You're not going to cut this out? No. <laughs> What's becoming a problem? 
just starting to get a little uh, data interference. It's a common thing when like you put like a phone next to a microphone or a, and you get like the boop, 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 like a little digital. Uh, they're called artifact. Um, yeah, you guys can be connected to Wi-Fi, just uh, phones. It's more of like cell signal and 5G is what the main problem is. So Stuart with his 5G. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's gone now. Interesting. It, and it's very, very subtle. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's not something that I have to, like, fix in the edit. It's just a tiny, tiny Are we leaving thing. this in the episode? We are. We okay. are absolutely leaving this in the <laughs> okay. episode. This discussion of data interference. Yeah. This is what they come here for. Yeah, but I would... So, I yeah, I agree with you, though, Will. Like, the hair is a lot more, like, bowl cutty, and it mm-hmm. doesn't really flatter him, which is, like, intentional. And I'd They're say there's... trying to make him look like a schmuck. Yeah, yeah. and we always sit on the hair ranking that sexiness is a big, like, ranking. That being said, though, there's the story element of it. Like, if you have really ugly hair, but if it really serves to the story, you could rank higher on the hair ranking. So, like, I think John Travolta, there's, like, a really high uh, ranking on Travolta that's, it's, like, not good-looking hair, but it does really well with the story. Pulp Fiction. His hair does not look good in that movie. His hair does not look good in Pulp Fiction, but it's so good for the story. Yes. If it's the character. Yeah. And that's our number seven for Travolta. Um, but yeah, we so we've established the base hair. The base hair. We will have to talk about every ensuing hair. Are we going to rank all the hairs? Oh, are they different? Well, they, oh, they're different oh, looks. That's a, that is a great question. We did it for um, Mrs. Winterborn. We he, did. He but has th- multiple. But haven't we done it for other movies where we don't? Because I didn't rank the the mummy long hair Fraser. Well, that's because that's like just like Two a minutes. very brief section, bef- and he cuts it immediately after. I don't know. This is multiple established like he, personalities. I feel like you would have to put that in there. If we're gonna, if you're gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. That's I what I'm saying. Like I, that's why I feel like I'm kind of caught in a hole here. We'll talk about it as we get to the personalities. <laughs> I yeah, I think as you go through, we'll just do a little hair thing. Yeah. Okay. A little check in. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so this is after the Big Mac thing, or after yeah. he goes to the health club, and she takes him into her office. We get a little funny bit. It's like, why do you look like this? Like, you you know, you're a beautiful person. I never thought the devil would look like this. It's like, well, I could look like this. And she turns into, like, a standard, like, red skin, like, yeah. devilish. But, like, Halloween costume. Yeah, Halloween, Kyle st- Halloween costume style. Um, and then turns back into a, her normal yeah. Elizabeth Hurley self. And he's like, um, she's like, don't ask me if there's a god. And that's the first question everyone asks me. And then he just looks at her and she's like, yes, there's a God. All men think they're gods, but he just happens to be right. Which is a great line. Uh, Becca's back there giving us a thumbs up for that line. Yeah. So um, this is when she she lays out the contract for him. Yes. Um, of like, I'm going to give you seven wishes. It's like, why seven? Like, why not six? Why not eight? It's like, well, it's just seven. It's seven it's a good dead. number. It sounds good. It's just seven deadly sins. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, which, if each personality is supposed to highlight one of the seven deadly sins, what's the Big Mac? Sloth. Hmm, I don't. In, I actually don't think that these do correlate with the seven deadly sins. They they, pro- they don't. But I don't like, quite I, think that works. I out, tried but... to make that. I I tried to make that comparison. Like I tried to shoehorn it in, and I. But I think you're right, though. I don't think they. Well, make actually, it. it would probably be gluttony more so than anything. Um, but I I don't think that they work. Yeah, they don't. They don't correlate. Mm-mm. It's just seven because the devil. Because what's Abe? Um, I don't know. It's Abe Lincoln. Ape Lincoln. Pride. 
Um, yeah, pride, I guess. But I don't know. That's the author, though. Yeah. The author is also pride. It doesn't work. The basketball player's pride. They're all pride. The Colombian drug lord's pride. pride. This movie's about pride. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. Uh, but this contract is written like one of those like um, eye chart things where it gets smaller and like all like the actual text is in the bottom. I didn't pause the movie to read what's at the bottom, but I'm sure it says like there's a lot of there's probably some jokes in there. Hell about, language like, and stuff. Yeah, all the language where it's like we're going to, you know, you might not get exactly what you wish for. Any ambiguities are open to interpretation, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sidebar derailing here. Oh, my goodness. You mentioned Tim Allen. And that made me think of Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. And that made me think of the Santa Claus. Yeah, with the E at the end. With with like the giant magnifying glass spin. Yeah. And I thought that was funny. That's yeah. it. The contract <laughs> in this movie is so thick. Yes. It's massive. In yep. the original it is not. It is like three sheets of paper that okay. are stapled together. But I loved the visual gag of this dropping from, from the, the sky ceiling. into yeah. his into his lap. It literally falls in his lap. Yeah. Um, I also want to acknowledge that on the Wikipedia, they say, however, the devil always spoils his wishes by adding something he does not expect or want. And adding something is hyperlinked to the Wikipedia page for quibble plot device. <laughs> love that. Why? I could not tell So you. many questions. Love that. I love Wikipedia. It's the best website. Uh, so. He signs the contract. He signs the contract. He agrees. Yes. It's like, what do you want for your wish? It's like, well, I want to be, I want to be very rich, yes, and, and powerful, and very powerful, and I want to be married to Allison, yes. And she's like, okay, and she's like, all you have to say is, I wish, yeah. And he does, and then there's a flash of light, and we start hearing some samba music. <laughs> <laughs> she actually with she hit what's the clam thing. Oh yeah, she's got the, those with the, her nails—the the maracas or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. some music starts playing. Yes, we're in like a villa mansion bedroom. Yeah, the camera booms down, and we see uh, Brendan Fraser <laughs> in prosthetic bra- nose. Prosthetic nose, very tan. <laughs> he's not recognizable. Is no. He's not. And he's got long hair and he's got a mustache. Yes. And he wakes up and Allison's in the bed next to him. And he walks downstairs. He's wearing a, a robe. And there's like a butler there. Yeah. And the butler says something to him in Spanish. And then Brendan Fraser replies, Oh, lo siento, no habla español. Yeah. <gasps> Oh man, I'm a <laughs> I do like, have to commend them that they stick to Spanish for the, next the whole 10 sequence. Minutes. I, yes, that was probably bucked by some people. That yeah, like they like they could have easily just had him speak English, and then everyone's like, "Oh, you don't speak Spanish and speak English around him." Mm-hmm. But they do commit to the Spanish. Like if they're gonna be like problematic and mildly racist with the sequence, at least they're gonna really commit to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did write that this has similar energy to old dogs um, when Robin Williams comes out in the <laughs> the blackface. Oh, yeah. I did not see old dogs. Uh, Stuart and I basically just spent the entire scene trying to like talk around our love for Robin Williams and be like, yes! Yeah, Robin Williams, isn't he a fucking great actor? He uh, did blackface. And then our scene old. here, we're, we're talking about how much we love Brendan Fraser and we're like, this is a little bit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's brown face. But he does, he... Um, he 
Talks around, he discovers his villa, and then he sees Allison yeah. with one of his friends. Raul. Raul. The uh, English tutor. <laughs> I got to say, so I was watching this with my partner who uh, come, is like Latin American descent. Yeah. And she watched this first. And I prepped her in advance. I said, like, just so you know, like, I've seen this movie before. She's not... Like and there is like a bit of brown face in this movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And it got to that scene and she like, oh my God. It's like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? It's a long scene. Oh, it's a long it, sequence. It, 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 it does keep going. It keeps going. This is too. the longest of the wishes. Yeah. Um and you see like the co- the office coworkers, but they're like his little like yeah, and they're all also in brown face. <laughs> they're yes. also in brown face. They're like his yes. drug crime lord posse. Yes. yes. Oh my god, it is like so. I, I kind well, of like the structure of the scene though. Like he he confronts Allison about having an affair with Raúl, the English teacher, <laughs> <laughs> and she breaks up with him, and then he's taken by his his guys to a to meet with the Russians. Yeah. Um, who just like two Russian guys with sunglasses sitting, and they're like, the product was bad. And he realizes that he used like, dealing cocaine. It's and like, what product? It's like, all also, I see is, like, sugar and flour. And he's he also speaking like, Russian. Ru- oh, yeah. <laughs> he speaks Russian. It's like he doesn't know how to speak Russian. Because uh, they caught a guy stealing product. So yeah. he goes there, and he's like, why are we making such a big fuss? He was stealing, like, flour and sugar. And then he steps like, it's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that's when... One of the guys that's like, I'm taking over the yeah. business. You don't have a spine. And then a gunfight breaks out and he's like on the run from everybody. He yeah. get, jumps on his helicopter, but he's like on the verge of falling and he tries to die. He, we didn't, we never said, we forgot this point that before the devil sends him on his way, she gives him a pager and she says, all you have to do is page 666 and I'll get you out of it. Yeah. Pause. We're gonna give him a pager that he's only gonna to use to contact the devil. Why not just give him like a button, right? Why does he have to dial in? Because is he gonna page anybody else with this it's, it's mystical a good pager? Bit. It's a good bit. So what if he dials seven seven seven? He does. Has and it some fails. payoff when he's the basketball the basketball player. player. He can't he's figure stupid. it out. <laughs> but I think the pager is a good nod to the whole 2000s of this movie. Yeah. Just like when he's trying to show pictures of his audio equipment, there are Polaroids. Yes. Like, we, there were no way to show. There's no smartphones. Yes. It's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Same with the pager. But, yeah, it should be a button or just a word or something. I yeah, like the cleaner. I like the idea of the pager. I like the unnecessary complications of it. It also looks like one of those calculators that you would get like for free, yeah, like, as a gift, as a McDonald's. Toy. Yeah, like yeah. you go to McDonald's because you want the uh, Attack of the Clones toys, and instead you get a, the pager, you get the left bedazzled pager, the bedazzled pager, <laughs> throw it against a wall. It's like it's not what I wanted, Mom. <laughs> Mom, why you go back you around? To, Mom, you went to Burger King. <laughs> I wanted the Happy Meal. <laughs> it's like, isn't it the same thing? No, mom, you're so stupid. <laughs> you know uh, how we all talk to our mom. <laughs> yeah, we all, that's definitely how we all talk to our mom. <laughs> um, but he he gets uh, after the gunfight. He jumps on a helicopter. Yeah, yes. 
and is brought above the uh, the Colombian jungles and yes. falls from the helicopter. And he's trying to dial. Yes, like because he drops. Oh, he drops the page. The and he jumps after it. He jumps after it and he catches it mid air. He's falling very slowly, but he's able to type six 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 before he falls on the ground, and then he wakes back up on like the street. Yeah, normal Elliot. Yes, uh, he, he falls in the hood of a car. That. Yeah. The devil is writing a parking ticket yes. for. Which I love that. <laughs> I love all the mischief that she's yeah. causing when she. Yeah. It, it, it's so rich. Like, just in the background. Yes. It's they don't really make a nod of it. They're just he's just she's just doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's wearing like sec the sexy cop outfit. Yes. And she's going from one car to the other, ringing up the uh, the tickets. Yes. At one point, she says the line, "I've got an earthquake in Chile in eight minutes, so we got to speed yeah. this up." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's like, why didn't it work? She hated me. Like, uh, this was, it was all bad. And it's like, well, you know, s- women don't really want wealth and power and all that stuff. You know, they really want a guy who's like sensitive or like, you know, you really have to understand like who, what, who they're kind of after, like mental, like emotional maturity. It's like, maybe we should like ask Allison, like, why are we going to do that? And they teleport to her bedroom. There's a really weird scene where it's like, she's in the shower and Elizabeth was like, she's in the shower naked want to take a peek <laughs> <laughs> well right before they go she does um flick a switch on a uh, traffic light and make all three lights gray and causes an 18 car stunt pile up yes something that probably took a little bit of time to do for a sink like a five yeah, second a good, bit. a good joke yeah again something that i forgot happened in the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. that cost a lot of money <laughs> it was very stressful to a lot of people <laughs> yeah the lockup for that alone yeah it is um God, I just had a thought about that, and I forgot what it was. Keep going. Anyway, they go to go to her room. They go to her bedroom, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, they look. They find her diary, and uh, which is another very two thousands thing yes. that people had. People and adults had adults diaries. are writing in diaries. Yeah, <laughs> adults have diaries, mm-hmm. uh, and they're reading her diary, and it's about how you know. Wait, she, can I say something about that? Yeah, she talks in. Uh, her voice. What's her name again? Frances O'Connor. Yes. No. What's her character? Oh, um, Allison. Allison. Allison's voice. Yeah. Um, which I thought was such a good touch of like when these movies do this that like sort of transcend. Like they do what movies can only do. Yeah. yeah. Showing Elizabeth Hurley talking in Allison's voice. Yeah. Like for to like sell it to. Yes. Elliot. Yeah. That, that's really that her. is a, a good way to say that, that. These are the things that movie only movies can Mo- do. Only movies can do that. Like art. Like you know books and whatnot like you don't get the same effect mm-hmm. um it's good when movies can do the um god i just had a really eloquent way to say this and i'm floundering jeff you're really tired <laughs> i'm very tired take a sip of that wawa <laughs> um but will what you said is correct yeah, yeah. it's it, those are the things that i'm like damn like the this is so cool that mm-hmm. yeah only movies can do this yeah. yeah that this art form exists yes for us to i to sell what is in our heads on reality on the screen. Bam. That's what I was thinking of. Nice. Um, it also has a lot of similarities to the last movie we covered on the show, uh, Sinbad Beyond the Veil of Mist, in which two characters' bodies are switched. Oh, <laughs> I really wish you didn't bring that up, man. <laughs> and, uh, I thought I would never have to talk about Le- Sinbad. <laughs> and, <laughs> trying to get over this. And Leonard Nimoy's voice comes oh out of my John Rhys Davies' stop, Sultan. Please, please, for the love of God, stop talking about that movie. <laughs> 
My ass still hurts. <laughs> How much did you have to pay to watch it? Like thirty I paid bucks. Three ninety nine to watch Simbad Beyond the Veil of Mist. Somebody's gonna get a residual check. <laughs> Brendan Fraser gets like a two cent check in the mail. It's like what the fuck? Who the hell watched? Two guys this? rented Simbad. <laughs> Do you think about like Brendan, like Travolta getting all these residual checks of yeah, his from no, our show, from yeah. our show that no <laughs> movies that no one's heard of? He got seen. money from us watching Life on the Line. Oh my god! Life on the line. <laughs> Stuart, can we take a moment of silence on this show to respect the brave power line workers? <laughs> <laughs> who put their lives on the line to every day to save the power to grid make of Texas? Sure that I have electricity. It's a very dangerous job, Jeff. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they read her diary, yes, they and read her diary. they come to find out that what Allison's looking for is a more sensitive yes. man, someone who's in tune with his emotions. So then, Brendan Fraser, in all his glory, I can't believe he wishes for this. He's like. I wish to be the most sensitive man in the world. And emotionally. emotionally. The mo- <laughs> She's like, oh, pity. I was going to have a lot of fun with that one. It's going to make him a hyperactive skin. He does <laughs> Burns in the sunlight. <laughs> Very painful rated He kind of does still burn in the sunlight. <laughs> he does. Because when we flash into the other existence, yeah. he is a, like, freckled ginger (laughs) (laughs) who's skipping along the beach with like a little basket of a another nod to the performance switch yes oh my god he is he he turns it on and you're Mm. just it's a switch it's so good this is my favorite of his personalities yeah because he just sells it yeah i think it's the one of the personalities that he knows he can do very well Just like the over emotional doofus song he, about dolphin safe tuna. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> he, he starts singing like a dolphin, and he yeah. and he really sells how pathetic each of these personalities is. Yes, yeah, because we are supposed to loathe all of them. Yeah, and this is the one where she's interested in him, but she's like is like aghast by how sensitive yeah. he she's is. She's almost he's she's he's too much. Yes. Yeah, because it's like, I was just looking at the sunset, and it made me realize that <laughs> it's once it sets, it's gone. I can't get it again. <laughs> like, Every time he looks away at the sunset, we get the same cut to the same shot of the sunset. Yeah. It's, it's the same, yes, it's the same thing. And, and he starts crying. It's like, why are you crying? He's like, it's the sunset again. <laughs> and then the same office coworkers show yeah. up, and they're like the doofus guys. The, the dudes yes. on the, the beach. The dudes on the beach, and they're kicking sand at him he's like now guys guys come on believe you could please leave me and my lady alone and the kick santa goes right in his he's mouth he's got really got sand in his mouth yeah like sand yeah. is like dribbling on his tongue his like yeah. when he's talking i'm Commitment. that is the worst feeling it's commit it's com- <laughs> one grain of sand on your tooth oh you're done you're done Day at the beach ruined game, yeah. game over <laughs> get out while you and can he does at least 200 <laughs> grains he has a mouthful of sand <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's just, ugh, makes me feel weird. Fun reset. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, get the dentist in. <laughs> get the dentist in. Just swig water around and mm-hmm. spit out sand. Ugh. Yeah. But anyways, they're kicking sand in his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as, they're, she, as they're wont to do. And she is like, you are just so way too sensitive. And sometimes I just want a man who like treats, takes me for granted and just <laughs> wants, talks to me just so I will get in my pants. And she's like, I could be that guy. It's like, okay. And then runs off with the dudes on the beach. Then he starts crying again. And then he dials the pager and we're back. All of these, like, I think the Colombian drug lord was a 
pretty was the longest of the personalities. Yeah. Yes. The rest of the personalities are fairly quick. quick. We've esta- it it establishes the form yes. with the Colombian drug lord, and then you sort of like now we're just doing briefer visits. Yeah, but I think also he as the character is like I know this is going to go way more south the longer I stay, but they are going south quicker. Yes, yeah. and I like that the center act of this movie doesn't check back in with reality. I like that once we're in the fantasy worlds, we stay in the fantasy worlds. Yes. For the entire midpoint of the movie. Yeah. And it's why it's smart that the his like four friends or coworkers do reappear in all these because it lets us check in with reality without checking in with reality. Yeah. Yes. Like they can still be a part of the story that's being told. Yeah. So when he comes out of the sensitive one, what is Elizabeth Hurley doing in between these two fantasy worlds. Is this the school? I think it is the school teacher one. Yeah. And she's like teaching like the class, like all these like horrible historical atrocities. Yeah. And it's like, ah, we don't got to know that what's in the yeah. past yeah. in the past. Right. And, and she's do, and they do the, um, uh, Mrs. Robinson shot from, yes. uh, with through her legs looking at the classroom. Yeah. And then eventually all the students teachers sleeping with students is funny. Jeff. Yes. Comedy gold. Um, in this movie, it's a little funny. Um, but she dismisses the class and they all leave. And then it's just Fraser is left sitting there in like his school ties apparel. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, that didn't work out necessarily as I wanted. Yeah. And, and so she's like, well, you know, sometimes like women don't really know what they want. And yeah. it's like maybe they just they want a guy. How does he rationalize the basketball player one? He says he just wants to be attractive. Yeah. Or yeah. tall, strong. He wants to be tall, strong. But they established earlier that he play, wants to play basketball with one of the friends. So we know he likes yeah. basketball. So mm-hmm. she's talking about tall, strong, and he's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And then it's like basketball player. Yeah. I got to say, though, when he was describing what he wanted to be, he's like, I want to be like, do something that makes gives me a lot of fans, that people love me. I want to be tall and strong and have abs. Mm-hmm. And I and I just hoping I knew they wouldn't do this, but it's like George, George, George. And he literally cut to him. And I'm like, yeah, movie over, movie over. Cut it out, cut it out. Oh my goodness. That would have been it for me. I would have flipped my lid. They didn't even have called George. They called Tom of the Forest. I don't care. <laughs> Tom of the Forest. Frank of the Forest. Frank of the Forest. Clearly. And he is literally just George of the Jungle in the loincloth. Ah. But no, we we. At, she's like, you want to be Dennis Rodman? And she snaps her fingers, and he's wearing like the Dennis Rodman like. Um, I don't even know what to describe his outfits. Very flamboyant. Okay, or so feathery blo- uh, jumper. Yeah. yeah. Giant fedora. Yes. Leather cropped pants that are way too tight. Will nose. And platform You capped this. Shoes. <laughs> I would, th- this is something I made note of. I was like, that is such a good, th- especially for 2000s. Yeah. Like a 2000s joke. And he sells that physical comedy so well. Yeah. He's like he's in like, it. No, no. And he's like freaking out in the platform shoes. It looks great. Well, what happens is he's like, no, no. When she thinks it's going to be Death Round. And she's like, mm, more like Michael Jordan. <laughs> and that's when I start going, no, no. <laughs> wait, this. Wait, I got to go back. We made a miss. We said that he was in the classroom. He's not in the classroom yet. He's in uh-huh. the fountain. Oh, okay. And I yeah. thought this was interesting because he's like crying. Yes. And then he's in a fountain. Water. water. 
and that's yeah. when she's walking and she's he's like get out of there but that's when they're talking about that okay yes you're correct yeah you're right you're we right. messed up at the school it's all right I do this a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, you guys are thinking about Sinbad seventy-five percent of the time. I can't even hear the title of that movie without wincing. <laughs> Sinbad Beyond no, the Wilderness. Stop. Um, but yes, he does. And Michael so Jordan. Yes. We, we cut to a basketball court, and I'm screaming. I'm like, do not, do not, do not. I'm like, I'll turn this fucking movie off right now. Um, but no, he is white. Yes, as the uh, he is white as a piece of paper. Yeah. He is giant. He's <laughs> he is seven foot eight. Another VFX thing that looked yeah. so good yes. at the time. Like I remember watching, I was like, "That's so cool that they did that." I feel like they do a lot of the um, the Lord of the Rings effect of just like yes. where he is like on platforms and a lot of forced perspective stuff going totally. on. Yeah. Uh, but he does look incredible. Yeah, like he walks down the tunnel and signs an autograph, but he's like as tall as the top tier, so he just like grabs it from a kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's he's of monstrous scale. Yes. Yeah. And he just walks up to basketball hoops and just <laughs> dunks it in. And, yeah. and he and they we get like this montage of him just like crushing at basketball, yeah. destroying the glass. Yeah. They reuse some shots of him dunking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just the same ones. And I like that for all these interviews and every time he talks to a fan, he has the exact same answers. Well, oh, you just got, you know, you just got to give it 110 110%. 110%. 110%. 110%. You got to go in to play a good game and and we played a good game. <laughs> <laughs> That's every, the answer gives every single person. The yeah. wig gag with the sweating wig. Oh my Come god. On. That was another thing. I was like special effects just dynamite mm-hmm. right there. Oh yeah. my god! Spraying all over the one friend who's the reporter. Yeah, because it's got to be like something that's like running up it, the it, back of it his leg. Totally is up his back into his wig. Yes. Oh. And as it gets like they're just, it's increasing. It's he's yeah, sweating yes. more. He starts going more at it and starts screaming more. And he's like <laughs> spitting. I'm just imagining a little. percent. I'm, I'm just imagining a little SFX guy. Like my mind goes to Esteban. <laughs> you yes. imagine S like we know a guy named Esteban who works SFX and imagine like this guy crouched down at a water pub just like and over the channel was like <laughs> more water anymore but need more need more get yes. more yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> really pump it pump it pump it get some more <laughs> oh my god it'd be amazing all right hold for water tank yeah. refill yeah. <laughs> there's gotta give 110 percent 110 percent go oh. out there to play a good game play, we played a good game, play a good game. like i said <laughs> And um, he eventually finds his way back to the locker room, and he opens up his locker. And I like that there's six 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 written so much everywhere. Over the locker, and he's wearing a towel. They're playing yeah. for the Diablos, by the way. Yes, yes. the yes. Diablos. And and Elizabeth Hurley is a cheerleader. Yes, and um, he's wearing a towel that like barely covers his ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's like a hand towel. Um, do we need to pause? No, we do not need to pause. Okay. Uh, actually, we... hi, Ange. Hi. Hello. Bye. Where are they going? Uh, just ramen. Oh, nice. Oh. Just snapping, so you know to, to actually cut this. Out. I'm gonna leave that in. I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> Will, if you should, you should know, I'm very lazy when it comes to editing this podcast. I, I like the documentarian vibe. Yeah, yeah. Stuart will only cut things where we uh, could potentially get into trouble with work <laughs> or the law, <laughs> <laughs> which has actually happened. Not the law part. Not the law part, but yeah. um, someone listened to something and wanted you to cut it because it was. Uh, we said something that we wanted cut. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't remember what it was, to be honest. You'll just have to put ago. that behind the paywall. Yes. <laughs> we get the Patreon. We put all the dirty secrets. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he's in the locker room wearing nothing but a towel. And then Allison comes back in. Yeah. She's a reporter. Yes. And she wants to do a spread on him. Yeah. <laughs> spread. That, that, that was good. That's, that the, was, that's the joke in Iron Man. I yeah. did not come up with that. Yeah. Uh, where what's oh. her name comes up to him at the beginning and is like, hey, I want to do a spread on you. And she, he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, we're going to do a spread in my bedroom. That's in Iron Man? Yes. The thing we forget is the first Iron Man's the only Marvel move, and the Hulk, I suppose. Yes. Are the two Marvel movies made that are, don't have Disney yes. in the picture? Yeah. So there's so they much can be... sex humor in the first Iron Man. It's crazy. That is crazy. There's a sex scene. He just, I he, he must sex... have blocked this out. I yeah. have not. I have not seen that movie in so no. long. It's so quick, though. It's yeah, like, it's, it's very hard to call but it. A it's sex quick, scene. but like the next scene is like she comes out of his bedroom wearing like just one of his t-shirts. Yeah, and Gwyneth Paltrow comes up and she's like, "I do all of Mister Stark's chores, including occasionally taking out the garbage." Ooh. Um. Yeah. Like the first Iron Man, like has a lot of like raunchy humor in it. Yeah. But not a lot, like in not this level. But a lot for a, a superhero movie. Paramount, and then it's immediately gone by the time you get to Iron Man two. Yeah, Iron Man three has like one heroin joke, and that's like as as harsh as Marvel movies get after that point. Yeah, and I still like some of those movies. I'm not dispersing the entire enterprise, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. Not the entire enterprise. Yeah, there's a few good ones. A lot of them, but yeah. Uh, so she's talking about him about doing like a story yeah and he's giving like the same answers <laughs> yeah it's gotta give 110 <laughs> go out there play a good game and we'll play, play a good, good game. game uh she's like oh wow and then i think is when he invites her back to his place yeah um it's like i got some like collections i can show you it's like oh yeah and then, uh that's when he like opens his towel yeah and he looks down, I was like, ah! oh my God. <laughs> it's just like, ah! what the hell? And it's like, oh, oh, well, it's like, you know, I, oh, so, so, sorry. It's like, why is it so like, oh my God, it's so, so small. And she's like, uh, you know what? I actually got to go. It's like, oh no, you could say it's like, oh, actually I got a tiny little problem with my schedule. <laughs> I like this bit. It's like, yes. you know, I got to go to the NFL we're covering this huge, massive story. <laughs> you know, it's just the biggest story ever. And it's like, so I just, you know, this was very nice. I just got to, you know, get a tiny little. I have to write a teeny little blurb teeny about you. Little He's blurb. like, what's teeny? <laughs> <laughs> what's teeny? Um, so she runs off. And then he like goes back to his locker and he gets the pager. And he's like trying to remember the yeah. numbers, but it's he like can't. Four, 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 nine, nine, <laughs> and six, six, and then a six, six, six uh, post-it note falls off, and he holds it upside down. It's nine, 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 it's nine, it's nine, like, nine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then type six, 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 and then this is the classroom bit. Is this the classroom? Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Where so, he's sort of like they they open on him, and he's sort of like looking out the window, like he's not even interested in being mad at the devil for doing that to him. He's like starting to question whether. Am I doing the right thing? At yeah, this am point? I yeah. the problem here? It, right. Yeah. So, uh, and we talked about the school, uh, the school scene. It kind of just goes right into his next wish, where he's like, "Well, it's like I think I'm too focused on like what I'm trying to be for Allison. Maybe I should focus on just being the best version of myself. I want to be charming. I want to be the smartest man alive. I want to yeah. know everything. I'm immediately like, oh God, here we go. Yeah. It's like, I want to be witty and I want to be well-respected. I want Allison to respect me. Yeah. And 
He's like, all right, just say I wish. And then this is where, oh, there's like an audio bit I wanted to yeah. use because we start in an elevator and the elevator doors open. And I think it's like, oh God, what crazy monstrosity phrase are we going to get? You'd, yes. And it's actually just kind of like a very clean cut, handsome looking. There's a small nose prosthetic. You can tell. Oh, is there? I think it's very faint, but it is like the end of his nose is like, he's like a, he has a chiseled. A very chiseled nose. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah. he looks extremely suave. Oh my God. He looks incredible. Yeah. His. So I'm mean, about to go full still breathing on this. <laughs> well, th to pull out the bowl cut thing, it's like in the beginning where it's more frontal, they've totally gone more mummy back. He looks much better. When the elevator doors open, immediately I was like, All right, that was it. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to play that audio bit because it's the same bit that plays with Daniel Craig coming out of the elevator doing a very hot, sexy dance. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, Brendan Fraser looks fine. He looks yes. incredible. He looks very incredible. Snackish. Yeah. Uh, I would say full course. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he comes out and it's like he's at a dinner party in his honor because yes. he just finished his like fourth book. Fourth book. About like the physics of planetary dynamics yeah. of some shit like that. Nobody understands what he's talking yeah. about there. Right. Except him. Except yeah. him. It's yes. like, oh well, of course everybody was asking for another book on the tectonic plate motion and yeah, stuff. Right. <laughs> 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 and, uh, that's when we're I mean we're immediately capping like the whole yeah. oh, we can already understand what the problem's gonna be in this movie. You kind of get the vibe that he's respected as a like you know, um, intelligent mind, but he's not necessarily respected as a person at this party. Like everyone's like, oh, ha, ha. Totally. Like they're kind of behind their backs, it. but behind his back, they probably talk. Yes, about and yeah. it, because and what does that? What's smart about you know using the same four friends in every iteration is that we see them there, and because of you know we've associated them as you know the bad guys who work behind his back in every vision so far, that subconsciously goes into our minds. That like, okay, this is a guy who is very successful and people latch on to him for that, but they don't really have that level of interest in him in a real way. Yeah. And we find out why shortly. Yes. And Allison's at the party and she like is talking to somebody. It's like, oh my God, it's Elliot Richards. Like, I really just want to go up and talk to him. It's like, we'll do it. And then they start a conversation. They hit it off. Fraser's putting on some moves that yeah. I was starting to sweat a little bit yes. during because he's like talking about it's like you know what like the largest organ in your body is? It's like, what? It's the epidermis. <laughs> it's your skin. All the tiny little nerve tingling, sending signals to the hypothalamus. And I'm going to have to take off my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking to like a smooth ASMR voice. And I'm just like, Ugh. Mm. it's working on me. Yeah. <laughs> Since I had last seen this, I did not know where this wish goes wrong. And I was like, what is going to happen here? Right. How is this going to go wrong? It seems like it's going well. This guy's great. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And it's yeah. like, can we go back to your place? And she's like, yeah. And so they go into his place. They're walking into his bedroom. And then uh, Toby Huss launches <laughs> Toby up from Huss. the bed. Yeah. It's like, where were you? Elliot like, Richards. Oh, my God. And that's what he's like, I'm it. gay, aren't I? And he's like, I'm not gay. It's like, oh, really? Well, who starred in this Broadway musical? 
And it's like, oh, mm. well, this person, this person, this person. Yeah. Gay. And like on like, a baseline, like, yeah, it might be funny, but it does feed into that early 2000s. It's so like, basic, yeah. like early yeah. gay tropes. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like that does not, that's yeah. not the thing. Because we've kind of, we've tackled that idea before with, um, in Wild Hogs and several other episodes where it's like that early 2000s level of, you know, there was a gay characters are now in movies and everyone's like, okay, that means we can make fun of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, how a lot of toxic talk about toxic masculinity, wild hogs. Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> oh. it's the post- oh, it's all Oh yeah. my god. And that is how they cope with that. Yes. Um yeah. But yeah. he and then where Well, um, and he's like, "I'm not gay. Here, I can prove it to that's you. Right. Let me kiss you." Yeah. And so he kisses Allison and then he, after when he's done kissing, he's like no, I'm gay. All right, <laughs> yeah. thank you. <laughs> and then it's very cordial, and she I walks out. I love Fraser's performance right at that moment. He's like, "No, I'm good." He's like, "It's a pleasure," and he like pats her on the back and he's like, you can "Go, have a good night." <laughs> yeah. They. This is the first time we do not see him pull out the calculator or the yes. phone, a pager as well. We just get Toby Huss yelling at him, and then the transition flash. occurs. Yeah. This is now. Um, where Where do we end up after this one? I don't remember. A lot. This is this plot is very dense. Yes. Yeah, it's very pointy. And as we, in like it's usually point a, point I'm B, lucky point in C. that I can use like the Wikipedia synopsis to like they were so extremely I'm, vague here. The Wikipedia skips over all the visions. That, it's like it's like its own paragraph. Yeah. The Wiki, here's the Wikipedia synopsis for the visions. However, the devil always spoils his wishes by adding something he doesn't expect or want. Um, and then we cut to him at the priest in the Wikipedia description. So we still have. Hang on. Where where does I he pulled it up. end up? Oh shit! Will's got the knowledge. I'm trying to think, like oh, because I know the church happens later. It's when he's running away from the devil. Oh, the hospital. He's oh, a nurse. right, yeah. yes. right, right, right. Yeah. The nurse. Um. Oh, and she's putting placebo. She's putting M. Wait a minute. No, we're off. Sorry. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> All right, start it over. Well, no. <laughs> after Diablo, he's the nurse, and the nurse takes him to the the, the author author party, and the author takes him to the, the school. School. Oh my yes. God! <laughs> that it's after the three that he's really questioning. He's like, okay, it makes sense now as yes. I think about it because but, it is the school where he's like questioning it the most. Yeah. Yes, and it would lead. Le- Makes sense that he's in a history class. But then, where does he go after the school? There's not another vision after the author. One more. Yes, there is one more. He has to be the president. Oh, he says, you know what? I want to be the president of the United States. Right. And I do think, as this is actually, I think maybe just the core funniest of them. Yes. It is the most uh, like unnecessary plot wise. Yeah. Like this, this does this does nothing. This is just here. I think. uh, Yes. I think what it does is it it just it adds to the thing that the audience is already aware of which is like each vision wish is just getting shorter and shorter in its ridiculous nature of yeah. like we yeah. know it's going to go wrong somewhere so where it's like going to go wrong and the abraham lincoln wish yeah. is just like apparent from the get-go because it's like oh we're going to go to this play mr president <laughs> and it's like oh shit no, like fraser is so funny 
in the Abe Lincoln. It's so hilarious. When he, he realizes who, who he is. <laughs> he quickly realizes who he is. And he's like, oh, shit. We're going to go to this play, Mr. And President. And right away, they're like, yeah, we're here for this play. And he's like, we are. It's like, I think I've seen this play before. It's like, oh, no, you haven't, Mr. President. It's very new. It's like, it's like our funny American. I can't remember what the, and it's like the play we're, is. And we're going to Ford Theater. <laughs> yeah. like they're, they're being so explicit. And he's like sweating. Yes. Like, <laughs> I will say they do need to have one wish left for mm-hmm. the whole thing to hit. So when it is filler, yeah. they need something that plays quickly. Yes. This is straight to the point right away. It's such a yeah. good like comedy bit. So I'm and he's like he can't find the pager because it's the eighteen hundreds. He doesn't know where it's been placed. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Yeah, it's just like going oh, looks along. in his boo in his He's hat. like he's like walking up to the to the, bo- the balcony sees like, right. <laughs> And then he finds the pager, but then when he does, one of the coworkers who's John Wilkes booth comes out with a gun. It's like Semper Tyrannus. It's like, wait one second. Beep beep beep. Alright, now you can <laughs> <laughs> go for it. <laughs> anyway and then he winds up back in the um, cubicles. He's back in the cubicles. Uh, oh, yeah, because he's seen the vision through the computer screen. Yeah. And this is where we get, like, a Elliot personality growth change yeah. because he's starting to, like... Because I think he shows up to work a little bit later, and one of his bosses is telling him, it's like, you need to show up on time, man, all right? And, he's, and he just looks at him he's like, all right, cool. And then yeah. just walks through his cubicle. So mm-hmm. he's a lot more, like, subdued, mm-hmm. sort of, more defeated, I guess. He also um, looks a less like the dweeby. Yeah. yeah. Lost the glasses. Yes. Because at the beginning of the movie, he was the guy who was chiding people for being late. Yeah. And now he's the... And uh, he, yeah. No, he's the one showing up late. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's uh, settling into his new self. Yeah. And so he sits at his cubicle, and that's when his computer screen is Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. But only to him. Only to him. We do get one shot to establish that everyone else sees a blank screen, and he's just screaming at it. Yes. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't, I don't want another wish. I, or it's like, I, you know, I have two wishes left. It's like, oh no, you have one wish left. It's like, what was the other wish? It's like, you wish for the Big Mac and Coke. Remember? It's like, that doesn't count. And it's like, hey, I'm the devil. What's fair is fair. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, he's like, I, I don't want the last wish. Like, I don't know. I don't like what's happening. You're screwing me over on these things. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're going to make that last wish. So like, come hell or high water. And it's like, no. And then he just screams and runs off. Yeah. And that's when I think he goes to the church, right? Yes. And so he goes to the church, he sits down, and a priest approaches him. Played by Brian Doyle Murray. Bill yeah. Murray's brother. Nice. Um Who talks like this? <laughs> and like to see a home that was naked. I think that's his line from uh Joe Dirt. Yes. Good pull. Good that's pull. actually a, a good pull. Yeah. Uh, I, know, I know him mostly from his uh, acclaimed role in Ghostbusters, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good poll. It's <laughs> a really good poll. Of course, his acclaimed role. Um, and so the priest comes up to him and he's like, oh, like, is there anything I can help you with? It's like, I need to talk to God. Yeah. And he's like, I got some problems I got to work through. It's like, oh, well, you're in the right place. It's like, would you like to talk to me? It's like, no, I need to speak to the big man like right Direct. now. <laughs> Directly like right now. It's like, well, I, you know, you can talk to me. Like, I, I work as like, sort of his representative. It's like, okay, so I made this deal with the devil, and I got these seven deadly wishes, and he goes on this whole thing, and then cut to him getting escorted. Hauled out by the cops. Hauled out by the cops in the church. Yeah. Truly, there is no sanctuary left in the world. Yes. Uh, he gets, he gets like, I need to speak to your supervisor. It's like, that'll be the sergeant. And he goes to the sergeant, and he's talking to him, and he's like, hey, listen, I know I got my rights. You can either book me or let me go. It's like, hmm, that's a hard decision. 
Officer, book him. Mm. And it's Elizabeth Hurley as one of the cops. He's like, no, no. No, it's her. It's her. It's like, you shut up. I'm going to get you in jail. And she throws him in a prison cell um, with, who's the actor's name? Um, Who's in the prison cell with him? Douglas. Gabriel Cassius. Cassius. Elliot's cellmate. And so he is in, in, in the cell with, with this man. And he's just sort of despondent. And he's like, how long you in here for, bro? And he's like, eternity. Oh, man. That's a long yeah. time. It's like, what'd you do? It's like, I just, I really messed up. Made some really bad decisions. And I like this scene because yeah. this guy's supposed to be like sort of the personification of God, sort of. Yeah. And uh, without us really knowing it, but I kind of clocked it pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know if you guys did. I, the second the guy starts talking, I'm like, okay, this is going to be God yeah. or an angel. Right. Um, and so he gives him some wise words. I, I try, try to remember what he says. He says something of like, I don't know. What what does he say? <laughs> so it's like he I gives know. him some wise words. Yes. I don't fucking know. <laughs> he says something. We know what's happening here. What they're doing. Like, I personally, I don't remember exactly either the yeah. content. The what exactly but we know this is the god moment where he's speaking to god um yeah. and it came across to us as we get that and then uh, how soon after is it i think it's like they let him out of jail and that's when he tries to find the I, devil again I, I remember what god basically god i'm just gonna call this character god he basically tells him that your that your soul cannot be sold because it belongs that's to right. god in the whole the whole right. time yeah um so you like just need to like have faith is essentially the idea. Yeah. This is actually a Christian movie. Yeah. No, this is a good scene. It is kind of a little last minute to be throwing this idea into the movie. Yeah. Um, about like the actual content of a soul. Souls yeah. and property. Um, and Because like the idea yeah. of redeeming yourself and like not, you know, becoming evil is a potent enough idea. I'm not entirely convinced we need all this like your skull belongs to God and business. Well, yeah. did they do this in the original Bedazzled? Uh. So yes, there. Well, what happens is the devil has more of a storyline. Okay, and he is trying to get back into God, get back into heaven, get in good graces with God mm-hmm. because he was an angel who was yeah. excommunicated. So it's he. He doesn't really have a God moment, but the devil talks to him about God in a positive light. Okay, because they're kind of both wanting to be in the good graces. Okay, yeah, interesting. It, I mean, God is just the father that the devil wants encouragement from that's mm-hmm. the whole story yeah. yeah uh and this movie kind of goes with an interesting reading on the god devil dynamic yeah it's one that, that they're I've, not enemies it's one that i've yeah. always like kind of been interested by in like you know movies that do interpretations of the storyline yeah because in theory like the devil is just like working with god and it's like the devil's just the manager of the night shift like yes he just deals with all the bad people all the bad souls and that that works within God's plan. Yes. Because where where's God going to send them if they aren't redeemed? Like they got to go somewhere. So, yeah, it's set up more like a partnership. Yeah, like I, that's, that's an in, that's a reading I always like when they do in movies um, mm-hmm. like this. That it's a partnership between the two of them. Yeah. They both they both want people to go to heaven. Um, the devil's just there to deal with the rest of them. Yeah. So yeah, and then Fraser. He's trying to get out of his contract, so he goes to the Hell nightclub. Yeah, and sees all the people still there. Yeah, they're still dancing. It's much more hellish, though. It's not fun. Yeah. There's like a beating heart, uh, or some sort of 
yeah there's the a thing. video screen of like a surgery, surgery happening yeah everyone looks like half depleted yeah and the uh elizabeth hurley comes in it's like oh elliot it's like don't mind them don't mind them come to my office and so he goes to her office it's like so what have you thought about what you're gonna make your last wish is it's like i'm not gonna do the last wish like i i just want out of this contract it's like oh no like in the fine print you have to make your last wish or else it's like or else what and then that's when she sort of teleports him mm-hmm. to this like hellish landscape and she turns into like the cataclysmic like satanic giant devil. CGI devil. Dave Grohl's devil from Tenacious D. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, yeah. It's like, I will have your soul. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, like fine. If I have to wish for anything, I wish for Allison to have a happy life. And then <laughs> falling into hell, fade to white. And then. And then Frazier's back in the real world, and it's the devil. And he wakes up in a courtroom. Yes. Like on the steps of a courthouse. And he's like, Mm -hmm. is this heaven? It's like, no, this is a courthouse. Mm -hmm. The Uh, devil's there again, just as her normal. She's going to meet some lawyers because they're some of her clients. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, she uh, says, like, well, you know, in the article and in the contract, like, if you read through the article, you know, like in Article 73, subsection B, line four, if an act of selflessness in the benefit of the person breaks you out of your contract. Convenient. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it just happened to exist in the contract. And you didn't write it out or anything. Yeah. That he didn't look at or read. Yeah. Just um, happened. And so it voids the total contract, and he's now a, ch- a free man. Yeah. Um, and as like he expects her to be disappointed, but she seems kind of pleased by this. Yeah, she says in like the six thousand years she's been operating this racket, he's the first one who's ever actually made the selfless wish. Interesting. And I like that. Yeah, I that's like, what I liked about the convenience of it all. Yeah, they made it. This is why we're with Elliot. Yeah, for that reason. This is why this story is being told. Yeah, because he's the exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she then explains sort of what God's said a little bit about yeah. which is like you know everyone thinks the big man and me like we're kind of against each other but really like you know we're two sides of the same coin we're just trying you know to yeah. we work in duality of each other we have different ways to try and save souls yeah so and his soul has been saved yeah and so he goes back to work and um first person he sees is allison now i i think so right yes yes yeah because then there's the following scene later in the office where he yeah. like stands up for himself. So he sees Allison. I kind of clocked this right away where I was like, okay. He can't like, get the girl. That can't happen. Yeah. It's like yeah. he just wished for Allison to live a happy life. She's going to be like married with kids or with yeah. someone. Like that's just. Because the devil still has to pull a trick on the final wish. Pull a trick in on a the sense. final wish. Or like I sort of saw it as like, you know, early 2000s. What is a version of a woman living a happy life? Being married. And having kids. <laughs> yeah. And so I was sort of clocking up like, oh, she's going to be like married with kids or something, yeah. which she's not, but she is seeing someone, which is what is in the scene when he talked to Allison. It's like, you know, and we see a different Elliot. He's like much more like confident, yes. less like, you know, you know, stressed out. He's just more like, hey, like we've said like three words to each other. I think we cry and I have a lot in common. I'd like to take you out for coffee sometime. It's like, oh, it's very nice. I am seeing someone. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. great. Well, he's a lucky guy. Great. And then he walks to his office. Yes. So he doesn't get the girl. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, that I, girl. That girl. Dot, dot, dot. 
Um, he goes to his office and we get a cool little scene where he walks in. He's like 30 minutes late to his job. And one of the, the coworkers who are there, they go up to like, you know, they're going to make fun of uh, Elliot for being late. It's like, oh, Elliot, it's like you're late. Hey, you going to the bar or something? And then he like grabs him by the collar and yanks him in. He says, have a good day. Mm-hmm. And then that's like full Rick and the mummy. That's this? full Rick O'Connell yes. and the mummy he does. right there. Yes. That it was like straight up, and so he just throws him, throws him back, and then another actor switch, which yeah. we've seen. Like he goes full intense of like he, violence, which you believe that he's like kind of a threat. Yeah, and he tosses him aside and then walks out of the office, and we fade out and fade back in on San Francisco. So he's like moved out there to create a new life for however. He's riding his bike and he comes across someone moving into his building, like right underneath like his apartment. And someone help me with this scene because I got confused. Yes. It's Allison. No. But not Allison. Same actress. Same Same actress. actress. Different person. Different person. Would have loved for it to be a different actress. Yes. I would have loved that. At minimum. Yes. There are other problems I have, but. Yeah. So. In the movie logic, it's just that he meets a doppelganger yes, of correct. Allison, who is not Allison. He met not her, related to, he to met Allison. her tulpa. <laughs> right. <laughs> not not related to Allison. Correct. Not a clone of Allison. Yes. No. Just someone who looks a lot like Allison with yes. black hair. Named Nikki with a New York accent. And hey, my name is Nicole. They don't just call me Nicole. Don't call me Nikki, because that turns into Nick and then that turns into N. Just N and eh. <laughs> she has a remarkable amount of similarities to Elliot. Yeah. And I didn't like that he ends up with like a mirror of himself. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't like that his prize, like he gets a prize of a woman yes. for changing. Yes. Yeah. He has to learn to let Allison go, but he gets Allison. The prize is him living with his mortality. Yes. Being okay. And he gets his soul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I remember there was like a quick like you don't have a sister do you it's like no I got but I got like seven brothers that's right yeah and then the movie ends there well, they walk there oh they, yeah right yeah because they're walking through like the park or whatever and there's a quick little shot where we see the devil and God sitting at a table playing and chess playing chess Ian e. McKellen's there Ian e. McKellen's Stewart, there yeah, you know, yeah playing yeah. chess too it's weird yeah, <laughs> weird tie-in yeah. to X-Men but you know they'll come back for you right Charles you can't keep your children safe. Yeah, if this was like five hours and just went into X Men yeah. from here. <laughs> well, have you seen Tar? I'm actually I have seen it, and I'm actually going to see it after this. Okay, in the theaters. I yeah. have a thing I want to show you right after we cut. All right. Uh, I did you enjoy Tar? Yes, yes I right. love Tar. I loved it. It's so good. I was okay. Got the four. Okay. I was right lukewarm. There. Got the. It's out. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it at home. I, I saw it in the theater, and then I watched it at home. Yeah. Um. Anyways, VS enough tar, and then it cuts. I just had to bring it up because there's a reason I said this. And then it cuts back to the two of them walking, and it's the same. Like we get the same from the beginning of the movie where everything's time lapse, everything's super fast, except for the two of them walking side by side, mm-hmm. and a Buddhist monk who's sitting on a bench next to them, who's just sitting in stillness. Yes. Pause. The movie is not made like reference to this sort of thematic of like people who are at one with stillness or something yeah. or 
Well, I guess it's not just the monk. There's like a couple other folks who aren't moving that fast through life. Correct. And maybe the, I guess this is my interpretation, but maybe it's just like the movie saying these are people who have gone through the same trials and have been saved in some way. People who have learned to be still in totally. their lives or something like that. Something yes. like that. But I didn't really quite hook on like what that image was telling me about the theme of the movie. Yeah. It was just kind of like a cool image yeah. with not a lot of depth to it. Yes. I thought it was cool. Yeah, that's fine. It's cool. It ties back to that beginning, and then they each have their yellow bubble of what I they are. I wish that the bubbles had ever been established in the movie. Like, I wish that we had just done, like, The Devil Has a Computer, where she, like, checks on these people. And that could be the end. Yeah. You know, of her, she's just, the last shot is her seeing. Yeah. Checking in and watching you, him Because you can't, off. like, just throw in in the opening titles, like, hey, we're inferring The Devil Has a Spy Network. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, actually, yeah, I do have some breaking news for you guys. They have determined that that Chinese spy balloon that was just shot down yeah. was actually of the devil origin, <laughs> and she was spying on people for her next victim. I thought you actually had some breaking news about no. the balloon, because it is breaking no. like, quickly every the now and then. The balloon is actually the funniest thing that's happened in the news in several months. Crazy. I can't wait for Anna McKay to make a movie about yeah, it. Yeah, it's called Balloon. <laughs> Do you see the video of them shooting it down, and there's just like the one yeah. woman who's like, that's my Air Force! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then she, when she's done scanning, like yeah. uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, and after she's done doing like the scan, she then like goes over and scans like somebody else, and that's where the yeah. movie ends. Like it's a never-ending cycle, sort of. Like I don't know. It ends with like Mel Gibson or something. You're like, Wait a <laughs> second, <laughs> anti-Semitic. <laughs> and you're like, ah, maybe somebody like, else. <laughs> Woman One is actually a sequel to this. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's the plot. That is the plot. That is the plot uh, of Bedazzled. I like this movie. I did. There were some bits I for I think me. there's elements that, are, like I said, have aged like 23-year-old milk. Um, but I think as a whole, this thing holds up pretty decently um, in terms of its, you know, essential structure and whatnot. It's, um, Harold Ramis is a smart director, and he knows, you know, how to compact a movie. It's only 95 minutes long. Yes. I think had it been longer, I'd have more problems. But I think for like 95 minutes, it's pretty compact. It's pretty tight. The scripting is there. It's always moving. It works. Yeah, it, yeah. There's never like a slow moment. It knows no. what it has to do. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, the one part of like fluff is like a three minute scene about him being a Lincoln. Yes. And you know, like that's it's, pretty it's good. Funny. You're, exactly. Um, so this, this movie comes out uh, just for a little post text. October 20th of 2000. Um, for some reason, it was released four months later in Germany and Germany alone. <laughs> <laughs> Faust. <laughs> yeah, that's Faust. it. Um, it's a shot for $48 million budget. Um, you know, the mid-range rom-com that doesn't get made anymore. Um, it makes $90 million in the box office. It's a pretty moderate success. Not what was the budget? Sorry. 48 makes oh, wow. 90.3. Okay. Um, nothing major. But it's, it's a few million in profit for uh, 20th Century Fox, who makes the movie. Um, it does a lot for Fraser in terms of, you know, just continuing to establish his stardom at the time. Yeah. Um, it doesn't hurt him in any way, I suppose I should say, more so. The brown uh, face hasn't caught up with him yet. Yeah, the brown face has not caught up with him yet at this time. I don't necessarily think it will, um, but we'll see as the Whale um, Awards campaign goes on. Yes. Um, it seems to me like actors who are put in those like positions it i hate to say it but it's it's almost like they got it's not like a a freebie scapegoat but it's sort of like a 
we didn't know at the time. Like it was sort of like at the time that we did it, like it, it was supposed to seem like kind of funny. And also I, I didn't write the script. I didn't direct the movie. Like this was just something that I was told that I was supposed to do. And I was a yes man. And so I did it like, I don't know. Such an easy solve at the time would have been to just not do the bronze. Brown face. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like do everything else. Do the nose prosthetic. Do everything. Yeah. He'll yeah. act. And, and then, uh, I don't know. Yeah. The Spanish bit's kind of funny. That is funny. Yeah. That like he doesn't just having know... him be white and speaking Spanish yes. would have yeah. worked. Yes. It would still hit. Like yeah. no one would have like bat in an eye. Like mm-hmm. I wish he was in brown face. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. missing the brown face, man. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Everyone talking to him like he is a drug lord yes um even that sells it. yeah the it power fine. um i do want to quickly say that there is a deleted scene for this movie oh um, of a different wish breaking news in which he was a he was a rock star in a metal band hmm. it was cut because it was too uh sexually and drug explicit okay <laughs> tie back to airheads i was um, but you stole the words out of my mouth i think well. he basically kind of looked like the airheads guy in it yeah um but it was cut the thing I'm curious about, and I can't find the evidence of this, is what it was, what it, what replaced it. Because they couldn't have added a wish. Well, I can it's, presume it's got to be the basketball, fame, possibly. That's true, because it's like rock star, a lot of fans. Fans. Oh yeah, attractive. he does. He says fans, attractive. Yeah, yeah. But how could that? He must have just had a small penis again. Yeah, maybe something like that. Let me see. Sex- Allison, Elliot, Allison. <laughs> Elliot and Al- so a really dark wish where it's like him and Allison are hitting it off and their first date they're gonna shoot up heroin and she ODs and dies that's a different <laughs> movie here, here are the reasons it was cut Elliot takes a bong hit on stage and Allison tries to kill herself by swallowing pills not far off uh, foul language Elliot says a certain four letter word a number of times and sexual content Elliot and Allison start to have sex in the back room so I'm gonna you can actually watch this scene online or you can watch it on the DVD, apparently. Is it on YouTube? Um, let me see if it is. Bedazzled. Could do a live react scene. right now. Live react to the deleted. It's 30 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and we gotta go. <laughs> Am I about to watch? Oh my god, it's on Tic Tac. Tic Tac. What's Tic Tac? An off-brand of Tic Tac? Look at this shit. Hey, I got it. It's fucking on Tic Tac. <laughs> I, I, I have it. You got it's... the YouTube? This is what people are, are here for. Right, we're looking at uh, Stuart's phone in a... Yeah, he does look oh, like your Oh, wow. It's only two minutes. He's doing a Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Shirt open. Sex and violence, yeah. Let me just... Yeah, oh, try, try so, skipping through like the performance. It's so Marilyn Manson. It sounds just like... Uh, I just want to see how this how this falls apart at the end. What? Oh, he just vomits on somebody. <laughs> Is that Allison? Or no, that's Fraser still. What's in his mouth? A joint, I think. Oh. I don't think that's the full scene, maybe. They made the right move yeah. to cut that one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that was... I have to clear something up real quick. Earlier yes. when I said uh, Bill Murray's brother, what's his yes. name? Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> he was the one that he said home that was like naked. Fake, uh... It is not him. It is actually... 
Uh, oh my god! I know what the fuck. I didn't want that to come out after this had aired. You know. Yeah, the people are coming and emailing us <laughs> like I can't fucking believe this guy. It is actually Blake Clark who uh, portrayed old Cajun man in uh, Joe Dirt. Okay. Blake Clark, I'm glad I got that old off my Cajun man. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Um. But yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that pretty much covers yeah. it, guys. Yes. We have anything else you want to say? Any last minute thoughts? I I did want to maybe ask the question: yeah. How much do we think Brendan Fraser improved some of his performance in oh, some of these? A good fair amount. I'm I, guessing. I felt a lot of it too. I'm like, yeah. he's riffing here. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of riffing, and there's a lot of just interpretation with yes. the dialogue. Like because this is all these performances are so broad. Yeah. He's having fun, just like kind of doing a lot with a little i think probably all of them except for the colombian drug lord because he's doing all that in spanish i don't know how much yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) not a lot of riffing allowed in there but like the super sensitive guy i'm sure he's probably doing something the basketball guy yes the basketball i could feel i was like he is having so much fun with this i feel like the author he is totally like just going crazy and i mean it's it's ramus so he like yeah he is an let it roll exactly yeah you let it roll and just see what happens. That's yeah. That's why Ghostbusters is good because they just let the cameras roll and the four of them just figured things out. Yes. Yeah. Bill Murray would just be like, "Yeah, dogs and cats living together, whole nine yards." <laughs> Brian Doyle Murray's guy. It's great. Glad we got a correct Brian Doyle Murray reference yes, in there. Yes, we did get a correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brian Doyle. <laughs> You guys ever played Ghostbusters the video game? No. I haven't. This is the second time you brought this yes. up. This yeah, no, Brian, it's weird. It's uh, it's the it's a the rough script for Ghostbusters three. What system? Um, it was like Xbox three sixty. They did okay. a remaster of it for the new systems. Okay. Um, but it's like the rough script for Ghostbusters. They got all four of them to come back for the game. Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson, and um, God, Dan Aykroyd do like complete voiceover performances for, for the, the whole en- game. Yeah. For the entire game. Wow. It's interesting. And it's like a 10 hour game. You play as the new guy, um, who I don't know if he has any dialogue, but it's you. And then the four of them. And it's like picking up the threads from the first ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. You're fighting, um, Gozer again. Is it's it like, called it, ghostbusters? The video. Game? Yes. It's like, a. it's cra- It's weird. And Brian Dolan Murray plays the mayor in it. He was not in the movies, but he plays the mayor in it. Hmm. That is crazy that they all came back for Yeah. Him. Max von Sydow comes back as the um, wow. the the painting from Ghostbusters 2. That is cool. Um, God, what's that poster's name? Wait, um, is that Max von Sydow? He voices it. Um, no, it's... it's What's his name? A different guy does the... Uh, does the... He does the, the body, but, but Max von Sydow does the voice. Interesting. I meant to click on Ghostbusters 2, but I accidentally clicked on Caddyshack 2. Um, William Wilhelm von Homburg is Vigo the Carpathian. Scourge yes, of Carpathia. Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo the Carpathian, Scourge of Carpathia. <laughs> um, voiced by Max von Sydow. Brian Dole Murray plays the Ghostbusters psychiatric doctor. Wait a second. And he's also playing the mayor in the game. Got some problems going on here. Just going to say it. <laughs> Just going to say it, guys. We got some issues here. Some continuity problems. Yeah. All right, I'll try and download this. I guess I'll I'll give the ten hour Ghostbusters. It was I enjoyed it. I played it. It was fun. <laughs> if you like Ghostbusters, it's yes. fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's all we got to say about yep. Dazzled. Yeah, I don't really have any other final thoughts. Oh, I thought it was all right. Yeah. I don't think I'd watch it again. But yeah. 
glad we covered it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode on Bedazzled. Thank you, Will, for joining us, uh, yeah. your first time guest. It was a pleasure to have you. I hope to have you again. Pleasure to be here. Hell yeah. Um, as always, please remember to rate, view, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. You can email us at TravoltingPod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Steward on 185. Will, anything you want to plug? Just Travolting the podcast. Yes. Oh. Listen to other episodes. Yes. Um, and as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum Smith for the theme music that's taking you out, and Ange Gardner for our social media. Gotta get in the groove of that one. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you. See you next week for. Oh, see you next week for our episode on. Da, 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 Monkey Bone Monkey with Mark Bone Tilly. Monkey Bone with Mark Tilly. See you